de, de, de Colores Radio. De, de, de Colores Radio. Hi, hello, bienvenidos. Welcome to De Colores Radio. This is episode 65. Eamon Carter. What the fuck? You sounded like Vavi. 65. Oh, rest in peace. I mean, what? what? I'm just kidding. I miss him. He's not in Dallas anymore. Um, how's everyone doing? I love my audience. Um, it's great to be here. Thank you all so much for listening. I'm your host, Eva Arreguin, and with me is Rafael Retweet Tamayo. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for asking. You always ask me how I'm doing. I know. Thank I you. do that too much for men, thank probably, you. actually. I, I think you do. Ooh. But thank you. Thank you for asking. And ooh. Are you going to ask me? you going to leave me Oh, hanging? God, that's right. So sorry. Eva, <sighs> how are you? God, always having to teach men everything. Um, I'm well. How are... Oh, I already asked you. Damn. I'm pretty good. I had a little wine. I just had a plum. I'm thriving. You know, it's 2019. We're living our best life. Um. <laughs> Usually people respond, but it's fine. Um, how was the plum? I don't know. What... It was good. Thanks. You oh, gave it to me. Fantastic. Anyways, what's really going on, Rafael? I haven't hung out with you in a minute, and I don't actually know what your current vibe is, what what your internal temperature is. I want to give our listeners an insight into our personal energy. Bro, that plum must have been damn good if in... you're stumbling over. <laughs> plum wine. Into how we are feeling right now, into the reality of our existence. That's right. We're translating our feelings in the best way we know how. Memes. It's time for me mood. Go, Rafa. So, this one's kind of old, but it's funny as fuck. It better make me laugh. What the fuck? <laughs> it says, Acaray, secuestraron a la vaca de Chick-fil-A in Matamoros. <laughs> And it's the Chick-fil-A chicken. I love it. Strapped this. down. But it's it's a restaurant that says El Rey del Pollo, El Sabor del Rancho. But my favorite part, Uh-oh. the way they spelled burgers. Burger? Wow, Burger. that's impressive. I got so, an E in it. That lets you know that they went ahead and took the Chick-fil-A cow and made burgers out of it. I feel like this is activism against Chick-fil-A, and I support it. I'm into yeah, this. Yeah, so if you're ever in Matamoros, <laughs> go to El Rey del Pollo, El Sabor del Rancho. Hey. Looks like they got good burgers. Burgues. And I love how that doesn't make any sense. Okay, El Rey del Pollo, the king of chicken. Right. With the Chick-fil-A cow. This There's some in-depth things happening here. Yeah. Um, you get a pollo, five sausages, five salchichas. What the fuck? For... 135 pesos. That's not bad. It's a good not deal. Not a bad deal. It's a good deal. Um, so my, um, I actually don't have a mean mood because I'm trash. No, not really. I'm not trash, but, um, we're, can we just say, I guess I'll just say it's, um, Jarrell Jerome in his hotel room thriving. And we're going to talk oh, yeah, more about him. A little bit later but he's in his robe living his best life while like his mom or someone in the background's like getting ready um 
but we're going to keep moving because we actually have an amazing episode ahead. So those are our meme moods. <clears throat> Last episode, we played catch up and we had a lot to recap because there's been a lot of events we've been a part of and we tried to cover as much as we could. And this episode, we have more to catch up on, but we also have some amazing guests with us that we, one of them whom we are bringing back, who is one of my favorite people, um, dear friend, Melania Luisa Marte, and she brought her partner in crime, Angelica Maria Aguilera, and they are both two badass poets who will be with us for the whole episode. So y'all can say hi right now oh hi <laughs> i thought we were supposed to be super quiet so i was trying not no to say chime anything. in i literally was not breathing <laughs> they didn't touch the elote or nothing we love talking shit so if we need yes. to get checked please please okay i've oh. got opinions Uh-oh. i'm ready that's why i like you that's probably why we're tag friends. me in sis boom always tagged um so they're gonna be spreading the good word as they get ready for their upcoming tour um, but we do have a lot to talk about, so I think we should jump into the juice so then we can get into their interview. And here we go. Y'all ready? Let's do it. So this is The Juice, where we cover the latest gossip on pop culture, politics, news, and more. Pat, are you okay? Yeah. Okay, just checking on you, sis. She was looking at me like... What's up, fresh fade? Fresh fade on the Escalade. Thigh clap Pat in the building. Jesus Christ. She got her Kim Possible pants on today. She means business. I hated hearing that ringtone in college. Everybody had it. People still have it now. I know, Megan does. Oh, I should delete it from my phone then. Do you have it? Yeah. Um... I don't have that much to say on this because I have trust issues and white people still like to protect white people. So apparently Nancy Pelosi finally was like, yo, we should impeach this motherfucker, which is cool because a lot of people were like, she's not going to do it. And she hadn't been and she'd been acting a fool for a long time. But I'm glad to see that there's a little bit of traction there. Um would I, I personally would love to see this motherfucker impeach. I know we have a bigger white supremacist issue in general and it's a systemic issue. So this is like very tip of the iceberg. Um, but I think seeing him impeach would still um, represent that we're not fucking with that a little bit, which is what we need and should have done a long time ago. Um, so I would really like to see it. Um, as Monique said, um, there's a lot happening locally here in Dallas. Um a lot of people I know are really distraught over this passing. Rafa, did you hear about it? Uh, Andre Emmett? Yes. I did. What do you know? Um, it was a robbery gone wrong. It was was in it a robbery? Rover. Yeah, in Oldies, mm. Dallas. Shout out, I guess. Even yeah. Though this is sad. <laughs> yeah. That's be- Never mind. Go ahead. Anyways, this is really sad because he was like a Carter High School legend here. Then he went mm-hmm. to Texas Tech and was a legend there. Yeah. Then he was drafted into the NBA and he was playing for the big three right now. Um, so he's like a it's 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 always so sad to hear about uh, these past these people passing. Um, and it really, to me, just makes me reflect on how Dallas is as a city and how like we don't really I feel like we don't love our own the right way. I don't know. It just speaks to a bigger issue. And so I just wanted to um acknowledge andre emmett because 
a lot of people here in Dallas have kind of been sharing their stories of how they were affected by him um, and how great he was and how much he was doing for the community and how much he loved his kids and all these beautiful things. So it's always heartbreaking to hear about the passing of someone um, as as power as loving as as he was. So it's also whack as fuck because there's been a lot of bullshit like that happening in Dallas. Yes. Um and. All of these things are connected. The way this city is 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 operating, um, the way we sh- don't show there love for our own. There was another trans woman that was attacked. Luckily, not murdered. But Jesus Christ, it's fucking ridiculous. And which is why I was so bothered after the last city council meeting because for the budget, they of course approved of giving more more than sixty percent of our budget to public safety, aka more cops. When in reality, they're not fucking helping us in any way. And this crime has not gone down and it continues. And so, again, all these things work in favor of these um, of this just terrible nature. And and it doesn't feel like it's getting any better. Um, With that said, oh, Jesus Christ, Um, this has been really hard to watch and read and see. Um, the Amber Geiger Botham John case. Um, yeah. Does anybody else want to say anything? We're on day two of that trial. It'll be day five by the time this comes out. Day four. Right. Um, they tried to declare, the, or the defense asked the judge for a mistrial because the DA Crusoe had talked about the trial. Prior. And right, and they were saying that he, it was supposed to be like a gag order or something. Judge was like, "Fuck that!" Sequester the jury. So for the duration of the trial, they will not leave that hotel. Um, and then like the excuses that they were coming up with, like who was coming up with the defense in terms of why she did what she did, and then like mm-hmm. the story about why. She did that and how she was like exhausted, but it was like. But she was still sexting. That got me fucked up, like completely. Yeah, yeah they deleted those text messages. It was also bothersome. Yeah, and the other officer said, uh, or they asked about why the text messages were deleted or whatever, and he said, that's something I don't want to be reminded of. Um, which, you know. I found a lot of that really hard to believe. Um, I think. White women particularly are really, really good at being manipulative in this case. And it's not just the idea of sexting. No, I'm not getting, shaming sexting. No, 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 no. But I'm saying sexting and texting someone during that. The thing is, she was talking to this other officer right. when she had shot both of them. Yes. So While it's she like, was even on the phone. Right. It's like, this man oh, is dying. You have a responsibility to make sure that this man's life and she is, did not is do right. Anything. And um, she was busy communicating with this officer. And she's telling this other officer, which apparently they had been like sexting all day, which again, I'm not shaming. She sexting. was super horny. She was super horny is what she said. And then they also were talking about like, oh, she worked a 13 and a half hour day. And then they were like, don't get it twisted. She was at she was she in was, an office. She was in an office. She wasn't out fighting crime all day. And then they also discussed um, like how his doormat was there. His whole entry into his apartment was completely different. She's 31 years old, which makes me think of my sister, Pat. My sister, Pat, also works fucking long ass hour days and 
mostly is still very coherent at the end of the fucking day. So I find it incredibly hard to believe that this woman really walked into this place with all these signs that it was not her home. And I think it speaks to a bigger issue of. Oh, yeah. All those things that they talk about. How whiteness sees blackness, how everybody sees blackness, how there's entitlement within the police force and all these different aspects that impact this. And I lit- I feel so disturbed because I work ad- almost directly across the street from this apartment complex and I pass it every fucking day. When you add up all of these things, it just doesn't make sense. Um, I don't know if our guests have any input. Um, I'm curious Um, in, in the interview, did they ask her if she's met him before? They haven't. She hasn't gone on the stand yet. Oh, so all okay. this is still just the. Um, yeah, because that, that's uh, honestly my curiosity is, OK, so you shot a man you've never met. But this is a thing is that she was very quick. Tired. To, she was very quick to like even contact the police officer she had been sexting and say, like, you're my rock. I need you right now. I she was very up. worried about her job. I fucked up was the first thing she said when they got there. And she was just in the apartment, just like standing there texting and so I'm like, there's all these signs of like, bitch, you didn't give a fuck about this man's How life. You fucking in? killed. It was open. So they're saying say that the door was like not properly shut or it was malfunctioning. So she was able to get in. Which I had one of those locks in my house. It's a fob. So it wasn't like a regular It's key. one of those ones you just stick in and it's like, it reads it. So it has a sensor. So Yikes, like, I hate no you. It's in the right place to unlock. Yeah. Um, so there's just a lot of fucked up shit within this and i don't really know what's gonna happen but if y'all gonna take to the streets tell us i'm ready to go like for real um because this is exhausting and it's a testament to everything dallas is fucking founded on really in my opinion um but that also just goes to show how much over policing is happening that like people can't even feel safe in their own homes because that's of reality but also yeah, that's shot the funda- by a cop in your the, own house exactly the fundamental truth about this is that a man is no longer alive and he should be yeah. by every measure he should still be alive hard-working man making his money in his fucking too, home right because he's a good a good one too like people are using that a lot too but yeah. it's like it should it, that shouldn't it, matter. He could be the worst of the worst. If he's in his fucking home, leave him alone in his fucking home. But yeah, yeah it's like where where can like black men go to be mm-hmm. safe? Right? Black people. Where can period. people of color go to be safe? I mean, th- the way Texas over policing happens, it's like you could be on a bus on a freaking Greyhound heading yeah. through, driving through El Paso, and you know there's going to be a stop, and you're mm-hmm. shaking. You don't know why you're shaking, right? You have papers. You know, but you're shaking for everyone else because you don't know who has papers, who doesn't. Yeah. You don't know what kind of, 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 of you know, patrol or cop you're going to run into on your way home. Yeah. You know, it's a, in, it's a constant fear, and really it's just, um, you know, a part of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. It's just this constant fear, this debilitating right. fear, this powerlessness. And that's the part where I'm like, and we're, we just got more cops, right? Like, cause that's what they think it's going to solve is the retention rate. That's what they're focused on. And I'm like, y'all aren't even training these motherfuckers to be adequate. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? And y'all really think that's going to solve and keep Well, cause y'all? they don't, they're not trying to solve it. They're just trying to police us to the point that we're so scared we, w- and w- because, we won't do anything about it. Because of that July 7th shooting, which we've been discussing since we started this podcast, everyone in Dallas is obsessed with like their 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 faithfulness to the blue. 
because if you're not proclaiming it, oh, yeah. then you're bad that's and why you she's, are that's other. That's why she's wearing blue to, to court. To court. And then his family's wearing red because that was his favorite color. I'm like, this is so fucked up. There's so many fucked up layers to this. And we're only going to keep learning more and more because we're only on the second day at this moment. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's very heartbreaking. It is between that and all this other stuff. I'm just like, oh, shit. And it hasn't stopped. It hasn't stopped. Every single episode, we have some new trauma out of Dallas. Fresh. Mm-hmm. So it will get to lighter news now. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I wanted to go in a little harder on her, but I guess this wine made me smile more than I thought. You said lighter news and I was reading. I was like, oh, that is You want to take that away? I think I'm happy when I see people on strike because that means they're fighting for their rights. No, yeah. It's lighter news. I don't know that I'm... They. I don't think they've reached a resolution. Have no, they? The they United Auto Workers and GM? Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry, listeners. I'm reading the article right now. Wow. Um, the United Auto Workers strike against GM is in its ninth day as bargainers resume meeting about 8 a.m. Tuesday. Issues remain in play. I just remember vaguely hearing about something where it was like the auto workers were trying to demand so many things mm-hmm. just to see what they could get because right. there's so many issues. And it's like, right. and what is it? Them. Right. And it's like, what is it that we're actually going to be able to settle for? But there's way too many things that it's like. There, there is no other option but to strike. So power to you all. I really, I need more of this. I uh, happily support this always because capitalism and white supremacy, they ain't here for you. That's pretty much the bottom line to every fucking story we covered at the Colores. Um, with that said, I'm finally moving to lighter news. You ready? Yes. This is, um, this is comical to me. Um, one Takashi six nine. Oh God! I don't really have that much to say besides the fact that like it's fucking comical to watch. Well, he's a pedophile. Is it though? I mean, I think it's funny to watch because honestly, I don't think that shit's funny at all. What? What do you think it is? Like the fact that someone like that was able to rise to such prominence, and regardless of the bullshit that he represented. And the things that he did, people still accepted him and he was able to skyrocket. None of that is funny. I've never been a stand for him. You know, I don't give a fuck about him. And that he fell out of like graces so fast on some bullshit like that whole story. It's it's a popular story and it's so indicative of American pop culture. Oh, absolutely. And like that's what that's what we're dealing with. Like that's the shit that our mass our critical mass fucking brought up like that shit's not funny at all. Like we're willing to sit there and support people that are fucking pedophiles, people that are glorifying this bullshit in a way that's like, we're okay with this. And then we argue about the problems that are plaguing our community. Like I could be broke as fuck, but if I'm jamming out to some six, nine, I'm okay with like numbing my pain. Like, no, that shit's not cool. Yeah, that's fair. I definitely didn't mean it in that way by any means. Um, Cause I'm, I've, you know, damn well when it comes to him, XXS, X, whatever, Tintatucion, I don't, I didn't care when he died. I go ahead because these motherfuckers are as toxic as it gets and they just represent it. And he was very loud and proud about saying the N word and just being a fucking animal to the extreme level. 
And so to me, I, I say it's funny because the way gang culture or hood culture or whatever you want to call it works and the way you know you don't fuck with snitches and this motherfucker was so quick to do it, that was funny. The memes were funny because mm. it was just like, all right. Like, I mean, that's the, honestly, that's though, like the number one rule of, of hood shit. Is that's like, how America mm, operates, though, whether right. it's hood shit or not. Politicians... That's gang culture too, cause like you see that shit with with uh fucking Epstein, if if there's and 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 that's the problem in when it's at that level because that's still gang culture and mysteriously this motherfucker committed suicide, mm-hmm. but that's the same shit. The problem no, is true. when the hood doesn't have the resources and the ties and the connections that the elite do, it looks like something bad on a culture that is already suffering because of all the fucking bullshit that the powers that be. Like on. impose on us. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I'm really just laughing at the memes, y'all. Yeah. It's not that. I mean, what, <clears throat> I mean, what was most mind blowing to me? So I didn't even really know who 69 was. Like mm-hmm. Melania's on top of everything, like pop culture. Don't you I, love being addicted to the internet. <laughs> I just like I stay away. But anyways, so I um I really didn't know who this dude was, and Melania was like, "Have you seen these memes? Have you seen these memes?" And I was like, "Who is this dude? Like with these braids?" And anyways, like, rainbow braids with these rainbow braids, Faded and rainbow all braids. the memes were about him being a snitch. Yeah. And yeah. what was mind blowing to me, like from a different angle, is like the whole process of him going viral from being a snitch, like in another way, really shows like how little importance this country puts on women right the stories of women like i didn't know about him people were really so outraged because he snitched not because he violated right, or was right. a, a woman and was girl. a pedophile and they a I girl, even read something that a young girl i even read something that he was like yeah, involved 14. with a 13 year old yeah, girl 13s. like i didn't hear about this story when that was published i heard right. about it once people were like oh he's a snitch so you right. care more about him being a snitch than him violating a 13 right, year old because girl? we've made it a joke at that point right, right. And even more so seeing the celebrities that like responded and were just like, oh, you're a snitch or making commentary, but like would not address the fact like, you know, kind of, yeah, like address the fact like, oh, this is a pedophile. This is not something that we should be laughing about. We should like condemn this. And we should also like believe young girls when Mm -hmm. they talk about their Well, and that's so like. And highlight them. I've, I've literally been talking about that on the, I'm not trying to like defend my honor, but like that's basically what I was calling him out for all the time since this shit started Mm -hmm. since we've been knowing about him and so like even when nikki worked with him i was like really bitch and then she's like about to marry another motherfucking like rapist and shit so it's like we're very apologetic of those things and i completely agree it's all has to do with these patriarchal ways especially in like poc communities where we're like it's not funny until you know whatever or it's not it doesn't matter until it's funny or it's memes or it's jokes or it's whatever and so i i definitely say all that to say like fuck him completely Mm -hmm. and i think that is a perfect point to make is how we completely like flip the table around and and just laugh and roll with it as opposed to like addressing what the actual Mm -hmm. issue is at hand um to our own detriment right because i mean that's the same thing that happened with fucking 21 savage right Mm -hmm. like this kind of serious thing was happening and we made it into memes and i would be lying if i didn't say i was kind of laughing at some of them too right Mm -hmm. and so it's like at what point do we actually pay attention to these people or their issues and give a fuck or are we supposed to make fun of all these things i don't know also as funny as it may be i don't think that we should underestimate the power of memes 
Like they're they're a movement, absolutely. Yeah, they, right. They, they in terms of influence, the of yeah. Reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and um, some things just shouldn't be diluted. Some things should not be softened. Some things should not just be turned into humor. I feel like we do that too often. Um, and it is definitely affecting the way um we function as a society because everything's like a joke. You know. Or can you Even do both? And the right? Hurricane Karen jokes mm. yeah you know the, like there's the a hurricane that is literally about to hit these islands who cannot afford to bounce back after the, mm-hmm. the, they get hit right, right. Yeah. you know puerto rico literally had an earthquake and now has a hurricane headed there mm-hmm. you know and has no type of uh you know uh emergency preparedness because they're still bouncing back from literally the destruction and, and and carelessness of a president who does not care for u.s territory right does not consider puerto rico a state and therefore um you know throws paper towels at them yeah Oof. lord have mercy impeach um okay i don't know if this is brighter news jesus christ on the cross <laughs> Um, I really the six nine thing was supposed to be light, okay. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> um, because I think it can be kind of both and to some degree, right? Like I think that's where things get really muddy. Um, and you know, there's more to this. What do you mean? With humor, right? Humor in general, and what people are making jokes of, oh, and right. the power no, of that. I, I, I wouldn't. I because so, I still have a problem with Chappelle and making fun of trans right, women, but and that's people the think thing. that's hilarious. But we got trans people being murdered in Dallas every other fucking right. Week. But that's the thing, and so I'm a believer that when it comes to a conversation, that you can achieve more through comedy than drama. So in terms of having a serious conversation with someone, I might be able to have a constructive dialogue with them if I'm able to make them laugh in a way that actually adds to a point of being constructive, not making fun of it. And that's where I think it's a double-edged sword because we've become so desensitized about shit that now the laughing is a refuge for it. Right. So somebody like- getting shot, a mass shooting happening, people dying like people's lives being torn apart over fucking medical debt, students not deciding to do things that they want to pursue because they're so in fucking debt over education. Mm-hmm. Like these are things that we have to find refuge in and we go to humor for. Yeah. But if we're able to navigate through that in a way that's like, look, these are fucking problems that are affecting us. Let's find a way to fix it. I think that, I think that. It's easier to have those conversations if we find a comedic channel than it is through like a dramatic, hey, like this is fucking serious. And I will say with that is why I was so passionate about like media literacy and critical um, theory as far as like analyzing media in general, because if we're not teaching people the ability to watch something or um, listen to something, but also be able to critically analyze it and separate ourselves from it that's where the distinction is made right because i can share a takashi meme and say fuck this dude because he's a pedophile whereas a lot of people would just be like ha 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 he's a fucking snitch and that's it right Mm -hmm. and it's like no we have to accept that like we can laugh about this and also fuck r kelly and all these other pedophiles too you know what i mean and that's the thing that there's so many more layers that i don't think we're discussing because we're not teaching our youth and people in general to go against authority to criticize anything we're just supposed to accept everything that's given to us and not question a fucking thing so then when you meet a bitch like me 
I get, men don't even want to date me because I'm holding your ass accountable and you don't even want to stay true to your word. But and we're supposed to just accept whatever is given to us. And like, that's the standard. You know what I mean? Like there's different layers to it, I think. I don't know if that's making any sense. No, but. it does. And that's what I'm saying. Like to your point, that's why I think like this whole brainwashing shit works so well. Because when it comes to a critical mass and controlling the populace, it's easier to to hold them to what it is you want them to do based on like the bullshit you feed them. You can't convince a large mass of people to critically think if all you've done for generations is teach them to stay in their place right. and keep them in boxes. And that's the only way you can survive in this planet or in this country specifically. Exactly. With that said, I'm going to jump to one really quick. I know you like Greta. I know. I know. I'm going to say because of someone who's deciding to go outside of the norm a little bit. You talked about her before. um, Your homegirl, Greta Thunberg. Oh, word. Yeah. Um, I want to shout out all the POC young activists that don't get no shine because, of course, Greta's a lot more um, palatable. So she's going to get a platform a lot quicker than someone like Little Miss Flint, who's been out here for literal years (laughs) working in her world. Um, what is palatable when it comes to humans? Bitch, whiteness. Well, what makes that palatable? But that's how the norm sees it. It's not what we want, but that's what makes her a lot more. Or even David, whatever, who is the young person from that other shooting. Like, it's not our version of what we want, but that's how the masses accept it. Because meaning, she's, meaning very little change and very little history, uh, very little oppression behind that history, right? Okay. Oh, absolutely. I just want to be clear on palatable. I mean, I'm not saying it's what we no, want. No, no, I'm I, saying I'm this is what I've American society yeah. like, wants. Oh no, um, we just don't know how to how you're going to be digested. It's like yeah. I'm like food. Why? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you need yeah. some like Pepto Bismol when right. you hear my poetry? You want to bring like, it out with me? Yeah. Like what it's does exhausting. That mean? It's yeah. so exhausting. <laughs> Do you want to talk on her? I know you like her. No, she, I mean, I, I'm I a mean, big fan. I mean, power to anybody going against these systems. Of course. I mean, fuck the system. Yeah. <laughs> I am a big fan of what she's doing. But yes, like short of bringing a fucking bottle of Pepto-Bismol and being like, yo, is this cool? <laughs> like, I is good? it okay if we do this? Um, but I think, like, I don't know how long it's going to take to fucking do this work so that people understand, like, yo, like, fucking check what's already happening. Like, I don't know what it's taking for you to listen. I think people are just tired. I think everyone's out here surviving and they just rather not give a fuck. And they're like, politics is too much for me. And I'm like, it's your but life. See, that's on the it. thing. Like, you could not give a fuck. I'm not saying fuck. it's right. I'm no, saying yeah, that's what the norm is. You could not give a fuck or, you know, just fucking go with the current and live paycheck to paycheck and not understand the consequences of the, the, the things that are happening at large. And then it'll be a brief moment of, oh, yeah, that that little Greta who's, who's you know, speaking at the U.N. That little Greta. You know what I mean? <laughs> and this this young teenager who's doing these things like I guarantee you if a if a child out here in Oak Cliff that was 15, not going to school and striking for climate change, it would be a completely different fucking story. Right. And but, depending on where they are here in Dallas. Right. Sure. But what I'm saying is like I'm I'm appreciative of the work that Greta is doing to highlight a very important issue. But when we t- when we talk about these things and we hear these stories, it's very important to critically analyze the situation and like go out there looking for perspective. Because right. if you don't have perspective, then you're just going to sit there and, and keep eating whatever 
fucking thing they they, they want you to swallow. And your complicitness or privilege within that daunting. Like I would I would love to see a young Greta from Puerto Rico doing this. Yeah. Right. I would love to see that perspective. And the resources and the and the everything given to them as well. It's different and and that's what I'm saying. It's like what I have no really doubt there's one. There's there a sure there's probably there's sure there's, there's yeah. many. That's on indigenous like, teen that was also doing stuff. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, shout out to all the POC, indigenous, queer, all these young activists that are empowered and fighting and aren't getting the shine because there's so many of them as well. Um, with that said, I think that speaks to another kind of conversation of our next topic, which is um, that Selena Gomez um, decided to make a documentary <laughs> on um living undocumented and so i say that because on her living undocumented not her just people in general so she's producing this and so i find that funny because again i think there is like this weird faux activism that is quote unquote press release for this (laughs) that is quote unquote palatable right because I got love for Selena mostly because she's Selena. From... Shut up. Why do you say that? Oh my God. Were you in that movie? Um, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I had to do it. Um, but I say that because Edit. she's from Grand Prairie, Texas. Oh, that's right. That's your home girl. She's from my hometown. She's not my home girl. She's very much the white side of her, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> but I have I I have said many a time I want her to just come have a conversation with me. I just want her to have a conversation with me because when she was asked about the Black Lives Matter movement, Ooh, she missed yeah. that mark too. She I she never say? she, she was like uh, I'd rather just be quiet about that. And I was like shut the fuck up. And then I think that was when she was dating the weekend. I think it was around that time. She was like five minutes. And then she never really tapped into like her Latina. Oh my God, I'm dead. In love with the weekend. Oh my God. (laughs) Anyways. Are you done? Sorry. Shit. Um, (laughs) But she like, to me, it never felt like she tapped into her Latina besides like her name and whatever that means. Right. And so then whenever all this like new like wave of like Latinx music got popping again, then she jumps on a fucking then she's track a with Cardi. Sure, and then man. we see hear this Ducky, medi- Ducky. Yes, we hear this <laughs> mediocre ass Spanish that was embarrassing and cringy. And I was like, really? I literally, when I heard that song, thought the song was about Takis. Same. Yeah. And I wanted it to be because them hoes are good. Yeah. Right? But <laughs> then... A year later, she has a documentary, and all of a sudden, you're the voice of the undocumented community, bitch. Really? And I'm I mean, not saying if you sleep, you gotta wake up I'm sometime, not saying, right? <laughs> I'm not saying she doesn't have connections or whatever. I we literally know her family. It go they go to Immaculate <clears throat> Conception Church. Her family went to school with my sisters. Like, I we know. Oh, so them. y'all homegirls, homegirls. Okay, not really. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. But I'm like, sis. You there's certain ways you got to go about this shit, and this you is know, not the way to do it. You know, it. somebody is in her corner right now, like, yo, this shit's about to pop off. Our numbers are increasing. Latinx people are going to be the majority. God. Uh, we need you to jump on this train. All of a sudden, yeah. Well, I will say this. I don't. I don't. I don't know much. But and I haven't I've... seen it, so let me shut up because maybe it's amazing and life changing. But 
I just need okay when the Latinas just want to be Latina and like do all this activism for you mean la- white Latin- Latinas. Or yeah, no. okay, the Latinas, the Identity Crisis girls. There's a lot. There's when the Identity Crisis girls want to be Latinas, or you know, because they're Latinas, but they're only Latinas when they want to do some shit like this, right? When they want to talk about immigration, then they're Latinas, right? For the rest of their careers, they're just white passing women. Right. Oh, hey, Woody Allen. You know? Oh, yeah. sis. That's true. Fuck. Won't, won't speak a lick of Spanish. Won't even do any press for Latinx magazines or whatever. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, you know, they have this, this, this momentum and this movement and they want to do something. All I'm saying is at this point, I need us to be honest about how celebrities function. How greed functions, how wealth functions, Mm -hmm. right? How elitism functions, how these 1% of Latinas function and the fact that they do nothing for us and for our communities. Um, So Not the most followers on Instagram and shit like that. Yeah. It's crazy. So Because she's, what was that word? Her palate? Palatable. Palatable. She's palatable. Whiteness is palatable. Um, The contrary another documentary came out on netflix look at my transitions give me money okay los tigres del norte last year visited Folsom prison what are you looking at me like that for los tigres did i say it wrong no you said it right oh you got so happy (laughs) i'm Um, sorry los tigres del norte yes that is exciting i agree um we talked about it when they visited because it was really dope i think we talked about it on our episode with shay actually live at the texas theater (laughs) You're I don't trash. know who, who that is. You're so annoying. Anyways. Give my fucking bookmark. Oh, he's sad because he didn't get his bookmark shipped to him. So, Arturo, if you're listening, let him know, please. He's in more. Give me my bookmark. Um, He'll move on one day, maybe. I, I don't know. Not. Men I'm Catholic. are not good I hold at handling. on to shit forever. <laughs> so, I, I just wanted to highlight on the contrary that they <laughs> decided to do a um, visit to the Folsom prison, which was the one that Johnny Cash visited. It was a big deal. And they did it 50 years later. Yes. And they performed there. And initially when Johnny Cash went, it wasn't a predominantly Latino, Latinx um, prison. No women. And now it's 43%. So almost half of the prison is uh, Latinx. And so I thought it was really amazing. And I didn't know there was a documentary when we discussed it last year. And so it was actually quite beautiful. Um, I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched a little bit of the beginning because, yeah, I've got things to do. But I do want to finish it. Excuse me? No, I really want to watch the whole thing. I just, we were watching it a little bit ago here um but it was pretty powerful it was really great to see and it's always great to see uh prisoners highlighted in such a beautiful way because they're Mm -hmm. they're very human and we don't see them as that um and so to see a iconic group like los tigres um do this was really refreshing and i wish celebrities would do a lot more of this shit because they have the money to and they need to stop being so damn greedy i think it's important and i've always and we've always talked about that and i've always talked about what rehabilitation means when it comes to correctional facilities right um sla- slavery Bay. did not end correct so read up on that um read and a, what is it the new jim crow i'm sorry Yes, we always shout out the 13th by Queen Ava DuVernay on Netflix as well. Um, And it's really dope because in the documentary, they talk to some of the, you know, inmates, Mm -hmm. some of the humans. And it's really interesting to hear their stories because I think, uh, I don't know, I feel like we're so used to like this detachment. And which is all a part of this system, right? Like to think of these people as like 
the scum of the earth. Yeah. And it's like um, this idea that, oh, someone's incarcerated or someone went to jail or to prison. That's it. Like they might as well be dead. Right. And and in the way that and someone thinks about them. let me tell you, and this is what I think is so beautiful and powerful, powerful about who we call Prison Bay, which is someone that saw the colores in a newspaper and wrote out to me and reached to me and we've built a friendship and it's been one of the most meaningful relationships in my life to date. The way they set them up is for death. <clears throat> he has diabetes. They feed them literal slop. Yeah. If you're feeding someone with diabetes slop, what does that mean? You're going to mm-hmm. croak. Yeah. They're setting you up for right. death in yeah. prison. Like that is how it goes. Yeah. I know everybody asked me how he's doing. I hadn't talked to him in a minute. Um, and then I finally, I'm, I'm just chiming this in here because I know people always ask me. Um, but I thought it was really beautiful cause he finally wrote me and he's going back to general population right now. Um, cause he, they found like, I don't know if I can put all his business out there. Um, they found a tattoo gun cause he's an artist, you know, that bullshit. And so he had to go to a different secluded area. So he's finally after six months able to go to general population where they have a little more, um, access to things. And but because they don't have a bottom bunk ready for him and he needs a bottom bunk for health reasons, he has to be in solitary. Oh, can you imagine that? Like just because the way they're built, they don't have. There's studies around why solitary drives people. Oh, my God. And he and so he wrote me and said, this is the first time I've ever had a breakdown. Like he's been there 10 years and he's like the most positive person I've ever talked to. Yeah. And so that's why it was so powerful to me that he wrote me. We hadn't talked in almost a month, which is a long time for us. We usually talk weekly. He wrote me and said, but I picked up the Dallas morning newspaper and in the newspaper, I saw that there's an art show at the Oak Cliff Cultural Center. Don't you work there? I saw Ari Brielle had a show and I almost cried. Like I was like, holy shit. And it made his day because he saw this place that I work from. But that was my best friend's art show about black women. Like that is so powerful, right? And so like to me, I'm just like, wow, this one person that wrote to me because he saw the colores in a newspaper, like this is a connection I've built. And so I encourage people to build um, relationships with these people because if you like we all have it bad under white supremacy. But like in a lot of cases, these people are human, too. Um, So shout out to Los Tigres for highlighting that. With that said, I definitely need to read Angela Davis. Prisons are obsolete. Once I get that, y'all can't stop me. Mm. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I am going to now move to this topic. And it's funny because I had spoken with uh, Melania about being on this episode. And then this fucking little video came out. I was like, wow, oh. timely. Um, so we really enjoyed... Um, which I I hope it doesn't come off like you're like our Afro Latina in residence. Like here we have. Am one. I your token? No. Oh <laughs> it's my okay. god. It's okay. I'm like let me just address that because I don't <laughs> want it to come off that way. But I would much rather have you at the table always. Um, <sighs> fucking fat Joe. Oh, oh Joey Crack. So um. And Can we talk about that? The fact that his nickname is Joey Crack. And I he's literally never done crack, has he? Did I don't think it? he's ever done crack. Has he sold it? I he literally do don't crack, know his history. Motherfucker, I sell it. He used to. That's okay. how he got in the rap game. Okay. Wow. That sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. I genuinely... Oh, shit. My bad. Ooh. Are you 6'9", like... this name? sorry. No, I'm just kidding. He's also a uh, train nine blood. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was a joke. Please don't. It was a joke. What up, Barry Wood? Calm down. Stop. Oh, my God. Um, 
So this video, I believe he was on Ebro in the morning. Ugh. And, oh, <laughs> yikes. Uh, we need that as a sample. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. No, that, don't sorry. Ebro. We need that. Ugh. There's so there's just so many layers. And we had a lovely conversation on Latinidad a few weeks ago, which Melania was on our panel for. And it speaks time and time and time again. Which it's funny that you call them identity crisis Latinas, because when I really think about it, I truly believe most Latinx people have an identity crisis because we are we're neither white nor black nor this. nor Like, that's how they think of it. Right. Like very like because we don't own mirrors. Right. Apparently um, we don't discuss race. So we don't consider ourselves white nor black. Even if we're colorless, we're identity crisis girls. We we all are. Yeah. So um, I I just want to touch on that because I'm like, when I think about it on a bigger spectrum, like that's why there's a good uh, following Trump following from Latino people because of our identity crisis. Absolutely. And so I think that's the bigger issue here. And I keep talking about it on Twitter because I back you up as much as I can there. But at the same time as a non-black Latina, right. I'm like, okay, y'all let's talk about it. Right. (laughs) Like let's get into why y'all are struggling so much with this or why we as a community can't address the colorism that we have here. We refuse to claim our ancestors. But then at the same time, my boy fat Joe is claiming everybody else's ancestors. But And that's the thing though. Right. So I believe he's Puerto Rican. Almost every Puerto Rican I've ever met, and I don't mean this in a shady way, they will claim thino roots like that. <laughs> Yo. Oh, okay, hold on. Lean back. Yo. Lean back. Ah, you're so <laughs> Just wait a you minute. You know what? I will, Am I wrong? I will vouch for you on this because every single Puerto Rican I've ever met, I grew up in New York. Yes, go for it. Will not claim... They will have white skin and blue eyes. Literally, we'll have white skin, blue eyes, and we'll be like, no, I'm not, I have no whiteness in me. Actually, everyone in my family is Taino, every single one of them. And the other half is black. Alejandra Ocasio Cortez, <laughs> Gina Rodriguez, <laughs> JLo saying the N word. All of them. Well, what happened with Jayla was she thought she was Ashanti. <laughs> she stole her whole bit. <laughs> but really, like, we have to talk about this, right? And that's why I was so bothered by what's his name stand up. What's his name that came to Dallas a few weeks ago? That one of the only Latinos we got in Hollywood that was nominated for an Emmy on, for When They See Us. The, John Leguizamo. Oh, oh, John is, is another identity crisis girl. He, All of them. He's a he's, he's Puerto Rican. Rican I, believe. He, I think he might be. He's like both. What? He's like couple like of both. He is. Okay, he's because he's done Puerto Rican roles so often. That's what I'm saying, though. Like that's what happens, right? Yeah. And so, like we we don't we don't we are all. Oh my god! I, f- I forgot he did Super Mario Brothers. Oh, oh, god. <laughs> oh shit! He's Colombiano. Yeah. Uh, he's an American actor. First and foremost, I'm a fucking American. He was no, born in Colombia. I thought he was Puerto Rican. I've been bamboozled. Oh my god, thanks. He's played so many Puerto Ricans. Yeah. I've never seen him stand only... up, represent, support, or play anything Colombian, Colombian. <laughs> ever. But because he just waves his Latino flag. <gasps> High but and proud because like, he's an identity crisis girl. Representation. No, so they like, don't. I mean, West, Latino, West Side Story. Role. West Side Story started with a white woman uh, playing Rouge. a Puerto Rican. Right. 
Lady so like oh, it says his paternal paternal grandfather was of Italian and Puerto Rican descent. Oh, okay. I thought he had some background. I remember. Okay, that's where the Puerto Rican that. accent comes from, from his grandfather. He has also described himself as being of Amerindian and mestizo heritage. <laughs> I'm gonna start. I'm gonna so start making shit. So he is up truly too. the ambassador of all Latinos. <laughs> so when he had his Latino for dummy thing, I couldn't get through it because it was. It felt so. Ma- it felt so like toxic masculine first and foremost. First of all, don't come at me with dummies. <laughs> Shut the fuck up with your making up words. But that, again, <laughs> they try to make that to me somewhat palatable, right? Like mm-hmm. that's funny. This is quirky. Uh. But like, let's run with this. Like we aren't having these conversations. And so then Fat mm-hmm. Joe comes on here and is talking about like, oh, we're all black. We're all African roots, which like musically sure i'll give you that you definitely mentioned that and that is true these sounds of latinidad have afro afro beats and i agree with that but that's for a specific reason right. because black people created the genres but that they're they not even acknowledging from, but they're not acknowledging so this is and this is what i garnered up from that whole interview that i saw one Fat Joe should never speak again. <laughs> okay, um, lean back, uh. lean back, and let let it, let someone who who knows what they're talking about take the floor. Um, two, privilege should have been the first thing he that should have entered that room in that conversation that did not appropriation the conversation of appropriation and the way people take what's not theirs. Right, mm. the fact that he he literally guilted himself. And testified to his guilt of saying that Latinos take and 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 um celebrate black culture more than they do yes. their own culture and more than black people do, which I think is that part crazy. was the part that, that really fucked me up. I was like, you're no an sense. idiot. But that's how Wild. you know he's not seeing it as that, right? That our understanding, and I say our as Latinx people, not necessarily as decolores or whatever. Yeah. But as a, a general people. They because Fat Joe has been so accepted in hip hop, <clears throat> in the black community, in these things, he's seeing that as like mm-hmm. holding well, hands that's... with what his relationship to Latinidad is, with being Puerto Rican, with being in New York, with having Taino roots, you know, all these things. And so right. I'm like, there's so many fucking layers. And like, I think his intentions aren't bad, but he, he we're not dissecting race the way we should in right. this country, especially as Latino people. Because to me, Fat Joe... If I, I think his intentions are I, awful. I think they're actually bad. But I don't think I, I, I they just mean don't, to be. But here's what I'm saying. I don't think you can, you know, be in a room, work with Remy Ma so much, work with so many black artists so much, and then be like, y'all, we claim our roots and our culture, black culture, more than y'all do. Like, what do you look like? But it's because he because he holds it in such a But no, because here's regard. my thing is, in New York, too, this happens very often. Where Puerto Ricans are black, they say the N-word until... until, the, until until mm. a black person pisses them off, right? Mm. Then it's on site. Then it's like, no, F black people. Mm-hmm. Then it's like racism. Mm. Then it's white supremacy. Mm-hmm. The white supremacy jumps out real mm. quick within Puerto Rican culture, real quick. The anti-blackness jumps <laughs> real quick <laughs> when you want to separate yourself from the same people whose culture you seem to love mm. so much and seem to claim as your own. Right. So my issue now here is, okay, choose a side, Fat Joe. Right. How do you identify? 
How do you enter spaces? Check your privilege, right? You want to be an ally to the black community so much, to the black culture so much, because that's your culture, right? You're because claiming it. Because he sees himself as okay. that. But he doesn't, yeah. though, because he has a mirror. I think. No, but what I he's think doing he, is profiting. Oh, absolutely. And I mean it in that way. I don't mean it in the way that he looks in the mirror and says, I'm a black man. I mean it I in mean, the way that he. Look at his he, name. He went from Jose to Joe. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. White yeah. Joe. But I mean, we, I mean, we encounter these things too when we're going to different universities, right? And in every Latinx space, it's like this thing of like, somos familia. Like mm-hmm. we are one. It's this faux and it's like, idea. we are not family. Like our families look completely different. I don't different. know you. I don't know you. <laughs> like, and it's this idea of being like, we are the same. And it's like, you are erasing people by doing yeah. that. Right. But it's something that's so cultural too. Like, especially for Mexicans, like my family is so, and I think this is generally, I don't want to speak for all Mexicans, but I want to say, don't generally, speak for me. No, I guess, like generally Mexicans are very non-confrontational, right? Like you say something and everyone's not like, me. <laughs> Correct. I mean, Conforme traditionally, yeah, no, I'm and you. you know, and I think that's a big part of why people aren't having conversations. Oh, absolutely. But that's again, cultural, right? Because yeah. traditionally here. Specifically, specifically here. here, absolutely. I mean, it that happens a lot in Mexico, but specifically but here. But that's culturally what we've been taught to do, especially right. as women, to be mm-hmm. very, you know, all these traditional ways because right. that's mascayadita, you know, everything. Yeah. Exactly, that comes and, with and, a colonized Catholic uh, mind. That comes with an adapting to American society when right. you're living under a different name and not working with actual social security numbers that apply to you and making sure that you don't get stopped for driving over the speed limit. Right. You have to make sure all of that shit comes that into play. Assimilation for right. survival, all of those things exactly. work hand in hand and it varies from region to region mm-hmm. right and so there's just so much there that i'm like let's keep going mm-hmm. let's keep having this conversation fat joe because if you're the one fucking latinx re- representative then we need you need to be talking right the same way gina rodriguez none of those motherfuckers i don't feel seen these through co- any exactly of them. and no. that's what i'm saying that's what we said when I made that hashtag after his special, John Luguizamos, came out, was invest in Latinx because the young people I know, the me's, the you's, the you's, the all these people <laughs> I know throughout the United States mm-hmm. that are doing incredible work through their art, through their activism, yeah. through whatever, can hold this conversation a lot more because they've actually decided to pick up a fucking book and read on race and dissect ancestry and mm-hmm. history in a different way can carry a lot more weight than these people that are just running with the bullshit because it's popular now yeah and, and, and that's they have the thing. a platform to do it right and that's the reason like we decided to do a tour together we were like okay what is the best way to have this conversation in a way where people feel more understood and we're not they don't feel like they're uncomfortable to have this conversation it's like if you see a black latina and a white latina literally having this conversation mm. on a stage <laughs> like yeah. you need the brown one breaking, we're kidding. breaking this this idea that we're not like we have to communicate we have to talk about it because yeah. literally you know we're suffering yeah, yeah. We're suffering. Indigenous folks are suffering. Black people are suffering. Like, negras are literally being pushed out of their own musical genres. Mm -hmm. Like, there is still not a black reggaetonera that looks like Amara La Negra. She is not given. She is not given platforms. She's not giving any, any, any centering, you know? And we need to talk about it. Why is that? Like, I love how, what's his face? We got Rosalia and Alejandro Sanz. Rosalia. And, um, The Grammy noms. Okay, and let's, let's talk about the fact that, uh, What's his face? The guy on the poster outside. J Balbi. Made a whole post talking about, oh, um, sing reggaeton. Reggaeton is the Grammys, is Latin Grammys. And it's like, sir, you're a colonizer of reggaeton. So, like, you should not be the one centering yourself right now. But that's the thing that they genuinely 
they genuinely can't even process that <clears throat> because they see themselves as like carrying the torch. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what mm-hmm. happens because, and, and that's what's so stupid and just frustrating is because they'll see you or bad Dominicana or whoever calling them out. And they're like, Oh, you haters. Oh, you this, Oh, you, you know, and it becomes all these stereotypes of black women. And then it's like, but when are you going to fucking actually talk about this and accept mm-hmm. it and say who who you got this from? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I like called out Bad Bunny on Twitter and like this very passing white Latina was like, are you mad because um he's um like, are you calling him out? Like, just because he's like a few shades lighter than you. Girl. I'm like, sis, uh, it's few? not light skin. It's white skin. <laughs> So I need He's you white. to first check. But people check. don't even want to say that, right? Like even the white Latinx people we know, it's a hard pro- it's a hard pill to swallow. People were like, mm-hmm. but, but Bad Bunny, like he's one of the good ones. I'm like, what <laughs> makes colonization good? What <laughs> makes appropriation good? I'm confused. And that's where to me, again, it becomes almost a part of that media literacy component, right? The ability yeah. to still be critical of something. Right. And enjoy it. Because I'm not going to fuck around and I, act like I don't love I me some bad, bunny. some bad bunny. I bad bunny. I'm going like, right. to like But we're allowed to say, bad bunny, let's acknowledge your right. privilege in this, right? Because he's also doing his activist shit. And that's great. That's mm-hmm. the bare minimum I think all celebrities and people with that much wealth should be doing right now. Mm-hmm. Right. But also acknowledge that, like, you have a certain level of privilege that a black person won't have, that a black woman is specifically within that genre won't get, which is exactly what you're saying. And it's like, those are the layers I want people to unpack. Right. If we ain't acknowledging someone like El General, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's I don't want to hear it. For starters. Yes. It's, there's so, and we've been having these conversations for weeks, for weeks, and the layers keep getting unpacked, but I'm like, but y'all aren't talking to us. Mm-hmm. You're talking to the same 10, 15 Latino celebrities we have. Because y'all don't really give many of us a platform to start. I mean, it's like I was telling people on Twitter. I was like, I love Rosalia. I think Rosalia has a, has a beautiful voice. I think her songs are great. My issue is those baby hairs did not happen overnight. Yeah, the ghetto I'm nails dead. did not happen overnight. The aesthetics yeah. are no, all absolutely, black. Absolutely. The beats are all black. Yeah. Even being nominated. I mean, and that's what happened when we went to LAMC. All these artists. All Spaniards. All Spaniards. Literally. And I was like, huh? <laughs> I don't understand this. And I felt uncomfortable. And I said it after our recap. I said I felt weird there because all these sounds are, yes, African beats, Fat Joe, indeed. But I didn't see any black people there. And now it's like, oh, it's trap flamenco, trap this, trap yoga, trap everything, everything to urban, urban, urbano, urbano, perreo, urbano. And then it's like, okay, so then how, what is the right way to accept and appreciate these things, right? And pay credit where it's due. Because we don't even get to get to that conversation because it's just like bullshit happening on top of bullshit, on top of bullshit, on top of bullshit. And it's like, and then by that time, by the time we finally start addressing this, then it's the next wave of trauma that's happening. Mm Well, I, I will say this. One of the biggest issues we're having within these genres is that men hold the power. Mm. The the male execs who sign these artists, the, the ones who put them on the radio, the DJs are mostly men. Right. All these Latino men don't see color either. So it's identity crisis girls and boys. OK, mm-hmm. it's all it's all of y'all. It's our, all our people. So we we got to 
check yourself that's all i'm saying work to do yeah. so we briefly mentioned the latin grammy noms i don't care to unpack that more we gave too much time to that already <laughs> um but i was happy to do it i think that's a necessary conversation and i'd like to see it evolve into greater places um i'm gonna say a quick emmy recap because we need to go into y'all's interview i really i already said it um, I was excited to see some people win that were deserving. I didn't watch the whole show like I typically did do, which was a little bit sad for me. Um, but it's okay. I'm glad to see, excuse me, that um, I already said Jarrell Jerome um, won for When They See Us. There were some people I was like, no ifs, ands, or buts. If this motherfucker don't take it, we're, we're rioting on the internet. Um, because he... It was just, and it's so fascinating. And I love this too. Ooh, there's so many layers. Um, Cause everybody, all of a sudden you saw Remezcla like, oh, the first. The youngest the, Latino. The, the youngest Afro Latino and the first Afro Latino to ever win an Emmy and this, this, that. And then somebody else was like, oh, so Remezcla only likes Afro Latinos when we're winning awards. And I was like, Anna, oop. Anna, oop. <laughs> but also pop. like yeah. tea. that's tea sis that's no tea. really that's though tea. like i was like i've never that's facts like and i just wrote an article but i'm gonna be honest okay because that's tea yeah yeah i mean absolutely and that's the thing right because i can also say this shit about remezcla and still go read an article you know because we're allowed to do that and that's where like you know people want to have that conversation on cancel culture and this and that and blah 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 but it's like we're allowed to hold something accountable and say you ain't shit for this and mm-hmm. also still go read something and then that's where the layers of dynamics of power and money and what you're investing in and all that but i'm curious is. who wrote the article was it a uh, white latino i don't know girl that's probably that's what i'm curious about but because- i did see people saying like i want to see a dominican write on his win like and yeah, that i yeah. appreciate these conversations which is why i love twitter so much because twitter is actively involved in all these conversations um but it was so beautiful to see him and and what he represents on stage billy porter winning was also really dope um rupaul rupaul i'm so tired of you rupaul you get on my fucking nerves and i'm glad someone called you out for your white ass staff on that fucking stage because you're doing drag queen show you are the drag queen of the world and you had nothing but white people on that stage and the person you were calling a person of color i thought she was a whole white woman so she's a white woman in my eyes shit but we again again Thank you. Um, but again, we're not having those discussions, right? So I saw her as a white woman, but then I saw on a Facebook post that was like, she's Latina. I was like, well, she's a white Latina, but we're not <laughs> fucking talking about it. But I do want to say, um, Remezcla, is that within a day, they wrote three articles on it. Oh. And then? Within a day. Three articles on Gerald Jerome. And how many were from Afro-Latinos, if any? Um... Can you tell? Do they have question. a picture on there? Um, okay, this person is not. He's a white man. <laughs> what? He's a white Latino. He's, he, uh, Man- Manuel Betancourt is very white. Okay. Yikes. All right, so they tried. He got his collar pop. He looked like Jim Halpert. Oh, yeah. Jim what Halpert. the fuck? Robin <sighs> Thicke looking ass. Um, but all these things matter, right? Like, this is what we're, we're discussing. Yeah. That even who's writing these articles is important Mm -hmm. and having these people represent their people and, and everything Mm -hmm. alongside that. 
but congrats because <laughs> somebody from the Bronx won an Aww. Emmy so that's dope hey. <laughs> it was I it's beautiful to see him on stage and, and, speaking Spanish. and nervous and yes. being like yo my mom is in the audience I could have really been in my apartment in the Bronx eating some of her food right now but like we're here at the Emmys in front of like my heroes mm. like that's dope it's so beautiful exciting. so beautiful to see bra, bra, bra. I've been a big fan of his uh since Moonlight Moonlight yes. Stan, oh, gang gang. Um, so I'm I, it, so excited know, for his future. The most interesting thing about this is right, right when you're you you have a multi hyphenated identity, right? As as him as an Afro Latino mm-hmm. is that you know and and but knowing that he is in this space and in this position that he is because he is a black man in America, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's what the role was. That's what the role was. Yeah. And so that's all people were saying for Remezcla and all of mm-hmm. these, uh, you know, Latinx orgs and in, in, in magazines is to be like, okay, but just know that y'all didn't put him on. Right. Right. Whew. There was a script written for a black kid mm-hmm. and he fit the description. Right. right? Mm-hmm. He didn't fit the descri- your description of a Latino. Mm-hmm. He fit the description of a black kid. Right. And, and 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 then there's layers again on that show too cuz that was about black and latino youth, right? That were were attacked. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, there's so much. Yeah. Um come back every week, Melania. There's <laughs> Please, I'm like preach. <laughs> um all right. And so in final news, I get really excited to see my girl Lizzo shine. Anytime I see a fat woman of color shine, I feel like I'm shining too because it's so fucking Did rare. Did you take your DNA test? It turns out that I am indeed 100% that bitch. Okay. So yes, thank you for checking on me cuz nobody else asked. Um, I just want to quickly shout her out real quick because her song, um, passed Bodak Yellow for the number one hey, female rap song. It. Wow. So Love Bodak it. Yellow? Shut the hell you up. You mean the nine tray blood? Yes, stop. <laughs> um, sorry to this man. Sorry to this man. <laughs> Kiki Palmer is so funny. I Iconic. saw Hustlers and it was kind of fun. <laughs> I need to go see it. We need to go see it. We should. It's not like amazing. It's not like the best well done film, but like I enjoyed watching bitches be bad bitches. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Definitely wanted more Cardi and Lizzo and all that, but you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> On another day when I make the film. <laughs> Um, here we go. Y'all ready to wrap up the juice and jump into this interview? Let's do it. Chichia. <laughs> All right. You're listening to De Colores Radio. So we are welcoming to the show Angelica Maria Aguilera and Melina. Wow. Wow. I love you. I don't know why know. that happened. It's okay. It's because you were reading it. I was. Your and heart I know wasn't you. in it. And I was looking True. at you. Run that tape back. Sad. <laughs> and Melania Luisa Marte. Angelica Maria Aguilera is an international touring Chicana poet and teaching artist from the San Fernando Valley in L.A. Aguilera comes from a mixed family of immigrants and uses spoken word to rewrite the narrative of what it means to be Mexican, woman, and American. She's a finalist of both the National Poetry Slam 2017 and the Women of the World Poetry Slam 2018. Her work has appeared on platforms such as Button Poetry and publications such as Maps for Teeth Magazine, Voces Magazine in Mexico City, and the Breakbeat Poets Anthology, Latinx Edition 2020. Aguilera is a TEDx speaker and a T-E-S-O-L, de Sol, certified instructor. Yes, I took ESL classes. Sorry. Yes. 
He got mad excited. Shout out. Sorry, I'm like, yeah. Rep- representing. Uh, facilitating writing workshops in both English and Spanish. She is a workshop leader of the 2018 National Poetry Slam of Mexico and Mexico City and has led similar workshops for universities, including Harvard Medical School, Boston University, among many others. She resides on the border of El Paso and Juarez, Mexico, where she has just published her newest collection of poetry, Body Flag. Melania, my beautiful queen, whose name I butchered. I'm sorry. Did you read that? No, I looked at her like, I'm sorry. Um, is a first-generation American writer and performer. She was born in the Bronx and raised in the Lower East Side of New York City. Her multicultural upbringing inspires her to write about navigating the world as a native Spanish speaker of black Dominican descent. Come on, Clarity. You know Clarity. She has performed in universities and venues across the country. Her most viral poem, afro Latina was featured by Instagram on their Instagram TV for National Poetry Month and has garnered over 9 million views. Her work has also been featured in Dallas Morning News, Ain't I Latina, curated by Facebook and People in Español. Marte ranked fifth at the 2018 Women of the World Poetry Slam competition in San Diego, California. Her debut collection of poetry, Mela was released last year. She works as a teaching artist and creative workshop facilitator. Marte's poetry explores many subjects, including her roots and culture, intersectional feminism, and self-love. She is returning back to the show with us and brought the lovely, lovely Angelica this time around. And they are about to go on tour. And it's called... Adios. America. I was about to say coming to America, and I'm so glad <laughs> that I'm you leaving. said it because I knew that wasn't right. Coming this is I'm leaving America. Yeah. Adios, America. <laughs> the literal opposite. Yeah, literally. Um, yeah. welcome to the show, Angelica, Melania. We're Thank always glad to us. have you in our you. space. Um, I we know a little bit about you, <clears throat> Angelica. We're gonna touch a little bit about you and your upbringing. Cool. Um, so tell us a little bit more about your youth in. LA sure is that where you grew up is yes. that where you were born yes all right tell us about that yeah so I grew up in LA I grew up in San Fernando Valley I lived in Pacoima um if anyone's from Pacoima it's very small um Shout but out. yeah I grew up there I lived there until I was about 14 okay um that was the time of like the economic collapse mm. so my dad lost his job um Long story, we were evicted from our house. My mom had family in New Hampshire. Mm, so, interesting. Uh, yeah, so we kind of packed up all of our stuff and moved there because we knew we would have a place there. Right. So we were there for about two years. Like I finished high school there. Um, from there, I went to Boston. I worked for AmeriCorps. Oh, wow. So I taught English as a second language yeah. for a year. Um, and that was really cool. From there, I started getting into poetry. Um, I joined the house slam team in Boston. Cool. Um, still my family. Love and them so much. Sorry to interrupt. Were both your parents from LA as well? Or how so, is that background? Yeah, no. So my, my mom is white. My mm-hmm. mom was born in New Hampshire. Okay. I was like, New Hampshire? I didn't yeah, know I was there were Mexicans. Ask. No, 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 no. There's not. How did you, how did <laughs> New Hampshire not, no, no, no. I didn't know how in detail you wanted me to get. I love detail. Okay, okay, and details, I like to, details. I like to know full, what did she say? Spanish-speaking, like black, uh, African descent. Come on, I would on, love queen. to share the story of how my parents met because I think it's Go so it. juicy. Oh, so, I love to um, Yeah. The juice passed, but I'm still <laughs> drinking. So my dad grew up in L.A. and um, he grew up on 18th Street in South Central. So my dad 
dad was spent most of his life when he was 16 no he was he was in juvie at 16 as soon as he was he was in as soon as he was 18 he went to san quentin mm. so he's in san quentin until he was 27 wow. so this is back in the day and he was like day. chicano like he was yeah okay. he was i don't want to name like specific you don't got what I he think, was a part of because i, I think know. some of us would probably put the pieces together yeah yeah yeah, so, you guys yeah. but i mean like his parents were from mexico or, yes okay so i'm just trying to get the lineage <laughs> yes so so my dad's parents are from juarez okay yes so um so yeah so once my dad left san quentin and this is back in the day when laws were very different mm-hmm. now there's like a three strike law where right. if you have three felonies you're done that's you're it done. boom but back in the day they would do this thing where they were like oh you have three felonies like we're sick of you like we're gonna give you an alternate program so wow. that's what they did to my dad they were like stop coming back like just stop acting wild so they were like you know what we're gonna give you this alternate program where you can go work in a church for a year and my dad was like okay what's the name of that book uh outcry in the barrio i read wow. that so they actually wrote a book a about my dad's See? life yeah i knew it so it maybe it's, very similar what is it called outcry um, in the barrio yeah i have the book i got it with some bread some banana bread <laughs> it's oh probably God. that book but anyways so um my mom happened to be my mom went to bible college in new hampshire mm. my mom grew up straight up christian um went to go volunteer at a church in california in the hood <laughs> my dad oh my god i can't short for neighborhood <laughs> listeners i can't stand you. <laughs> thank you thank you um my dad gets out of jail and goes to this church and meets my mom who's volunteering there I this Dios. innocent little oh, white lady sorry. my dad if this is ain't a movie until, until his neck like my dad is six foot two like Damn. just looks like the most serious cholo i hear six two i'm like what yeah um long <laughs> yeah. story short yeah hit me up if you six two <laughs> okay <laughs> standards on the floor you could do a lot of things when, when a man is six two okay okay go that on i'm important. sorry this is your father go ahead, <laughs> go ahead. um Long story short, they fell in love, um, started having children, yes. and that's the end of it. As yeah. one does when someone is six two. Yes. <laughs> this yeah. is, the ovaries. This the is the highest. notebook that oh. I wanted to see. This Literally. is the story that I right? want to see. Oh my god, see. the notebook. I'm dead. The but notebook. It, okay. El cuaderno. El cuaderno. El cuaderno. I love it. That needs to be a telenovela ASAP. Yes. Really, so. Make that shit Imagine happen. Alejandro as your dad from Peruvi. Alejandro from Peruvi as your dad. Alejandro is my dad <laughs> with tattoos. <laughs> this is a funny. Of Alejandro. Yeah. So Iconic. You, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way. Do yeah. you like talk to your mom like as like a white savior way? Like, like have you had that discussion? That is a poem. I'm Absolutely. All the time. Okay. I mean, we're like constantly okay. having I'm just always curious because I don't have a lot of white people on this show. No. Yeah. And so so I genuinely like I'm like, how do you dissect? This? No, definitely. And it's I mean, it's it's such a strange <clears throat> dynamic that I feel like I'm still understanding because I always grew up with my dad's family. Mm. I didn't meet my mom's family until I was like 19. Okay. And so yeah. my mom was like very thrown into this life of like my tias that are always talking shit about her <laughs> in Spanish. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Like to this day, like that know that she hilarious. doesn't speak Spanish. So we're just always talking crap about her. But oh, I can't so- <laughs> oh my God. I, I like need 
every yes. detail of this I story. I need this to be so, a movie. It's just like it's been so interesting to grow up and then to watch my dad like transplanted into this place that is purely white. Mm-hmm. My dad with his wife beater, his socks with his changlas. I love it. Tatted up to his neck <laughs> and these white favorite. people just don't know How what to do. Are. Like they would like shake and around they're still him. together. They they just got a divorce. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's great. Okay, okay. <laughs> I trust you, sis. You know better than me. It should have happened a long time ago. But um, that's it's just, for the next episode. That's for, that's an entire other episode. Yeah. But um, no, it's just a very interesting dynamic, and I feel like I'm always having conversations with my mom. Um, but I think just being someone. This might be too much information, but give it to us. So <laughs> there's no such thing. Just, yeah, exactly. I think we talk about like the prison pipeline system, mm-hmm. right? And the fact that my dad had zero opportunity and ended up in a prison where he was sent to solitary for having gang tattoos. Wow. Right. So that's it's like, literally what we were just saying. Right. So it's like instantly your future is cemented. It's written down mm-hmm. for you, right? Um, and then to have my brother who is now in prison Mm. right and watch him go through the same Mm -hmm. cycle um i know that my mom sees these systems and sees them so do you have more siblings i have yeah so i have my sister and my brother okay Uh, i'm the youngest but um yeah i mean she has to right Mm -hmm. like that's that's your kid you have no choice right so to watch her unpack these things um is like beautiful but it's also like I do feel like I'm. I do have to like check her on a lot of things. Yeah, that's a lot of work. Right, 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 right. It is, but um, but I also feel like she does have like a specific lens, like just She's growing receptive up to it. Definitely. That's I mean, good. just growing up and like seeing the way that people would look at my dad, you know, mm-hmm. and like treat my dad um differently than obviously that they would treat a little white lady. Right. Um. So yeah, just growing up in that dynamic was really, I think, enlightening. Um. And also infuriating in a way, right? Like just being so clear, um, the different systems that exist and the ways that in which my dad doesn't fit into this country, right? right. Um, but yeah, so that's a little bit about my background. I don't know if that was too much. No, no please that, don't I'm ever like, apologize. How much time we if got? We had, <laughs> if we hadn't already spent an hour on the juice, we would definitely. Just really quick, it was very you said, juicy. Yes, you <laughs> said you went from L.A. to El Paso to New Hampshire. No, so L.A. to New Hampshire. New Hampshire. New Hampshire. To, to Boston. Boston. To Boston. I've lived in El Paso for the last year and a half. Okay. okay. So my dad's family is from Juarez. Okay. Right. Yeah. So they, my grandmother, to go further into this story, yeah. <laughs> my grandmother gave birth to my dad crossing <gasps> over the border. Oh, um, y'all are a fool. Yo, if y'all my dad don't fucking, yo, I'm serious. Can if there imagine? ain't a motherfucking film. My, gonna have to write my grandma was like, listen, I'm going to have an anchor baby. Like, I'm going to have an anchor baby. I already have seven other sons. Like, one of you has to be born here. So he was legit born in the truck. They brought him to a hospital in El Paso. And from there, the rest of them came. I see the scene, the baby crying in the truck. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Really? Go, keep going. With like an, an ominous soundtrack in the yes. background. Like, of what is to hard. come. The, ma- the, mon- the mountains in the background. Legit, yeah. El cuaderno. Yes. <laughs> God. Okay. So uh, um, yeah. you were in LA until you were 14. Yes. New Hampshire until you were. I finished high school. So until I was about 18. So until I was 18? Yeah, like 18. 14 is a tough age yeah. to transition Yes. And also, I, our theme for our upcoming art show, Grace Space, if you'd like to submit, please do so at thecoloniscollective at gmail.com. Um, we would implore you. Yes, <laughs> both of you, everybody yeah. in this room, shit. But 
like that's where I constantly see that everybody just wants to be validated in their identity, right? Like mm-hmm. all these things we discuss has to do with something tied to our identity or our perception of ourselves or our value of ourselves or no value on ourselves, right? And so mm-hmm. like as someone that was both, right? And but you were more in <clears throat> like you're ethnically more Mexican. Like how did you unpack that or when did you realize it? Or did it take like till college to get this information? Sure. Yeah. I think, I mean, obviously growing up when your family is, I mean, you have a white mom and then the entirety of your family is Mexican. You're like, well, I'm Mexican. Mm-hmm. Like, and they know? were more like brown complexion. Yes. My okay. dad is, my dad is dark and I mean, not he's dark, brown. dark. He's brown. He's brown. Yeah. Let's, thank let's you. Let's clarify <laughs> that. <laughs> we don't, where's the layers? We, got you, level. we you, don't want you. the identity yeah. crisis not, girls, you know, right, thinking right. that we're, we're uh, all brown. We're all brown because yeah. we're not all brown. We're right. not all you're brown. My dad is brown. Um, light brown. No, just kidding. We can pull up pictures. Cafecito, canela, café con de olla. Cappuccino. When you got tats, they add another layer to you, though. Especially depending where you are. They That's true. What level yeah. of criminal or whatever they want to mm-hmm. put on like, yeah. put on you. And yeah. suddenly, you know, when men have tattoos, they just look tanner <laughs> to white people. Yes. They do. They Indeed. Look t- they look you want some tats, Rafa? Rafa, I'm going to pull happy. out with a bunch I of tats happy. next I week. I accept whatever... <laughs> Shade you I, are, yeah. light ski. <laughs> Little shady. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, go Four, on. Uh, 14. Fourteen. Like I want to know oh, what okay. that moment was. That that moving from LA right. to New Hampshire. Right. Like I can just hearing it sounds it like yeah, like it dramatic. The first thing I saw was a tractor at the airport, and I was like, John no, Deere. You didn't. I swear to God. Airport? I swear to God. There was a tractor, and I was like. I didn't know these were real. Like, I thought they were in movies. Oh, shit. And what kind of car is this? Yeah. <laughs> and it's wild. Like, it just, I don't know. its It was really wild, to be honest. And it just kind of really made me realize um, how white New Hampshire is, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also kind of just, like, gave me a whole different view of myself. Again, like, being the only person in the high school I was at that had a dad that was, like, a Mexican, but B like tatted up, right? And people are being like, "Is your dad in a gang? Like, am I okay?" Yes, uh, bitch, I'm gonna cut you. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like in LA, it's like, oh yeah, my dad used to be in gangs too. You yeah. know, like it was Two. fine. Yeah. yeah, like did you did you either did you or when did you get to a point where you accepted that other side of your identity? Oh yeah, of the white part or the Mexican? Yeah, the white part. I think. During that time, sorry. During that time. I feel like in that time, to everyone, I was Mexican. Yeah. To everyone, I was Mexican. So that was was never that like confusion or like. Between the two. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But I think that was once I got a little bit older and I realized of like the nuance Mm. of Latinidad, right? Mm. Of the spectrum. Because before it was like everyone and this is gonna sound ignorant but in la i was like oh everyone i know was mexican Mm -hmm. you know and then and el salvadorian like those were the main two and then i lived in boston and i met colombians i dated colombians let's be honest um was one of of it yeah (laughs) hell no this is why we host a podcast together um but you know yeah and you i had friends that were dominican and all of a sudden i'm like wow latinidad is all of these things, mm-hmm. you know, and then from there I had to check my experience and check, you know, 
these certain parts of my identity and I think it was then probably when I was like 18 19 that I was like oh okay like yeah I'm 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 Chicana but also I'm half white and that plays a different part too and also like I'm lighter Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like all of these things that you're checking and you're realizing but it wasn't until it's not until that you're surrounded by the variety of Latinidad right that you realize um Mm. so yeah I would say definitely once I was probably maybe like 18 19 and this is a hypothetical do you think that if you weren't surrounded by that latinidad would there been a would there have been a point of like either reflection or perspective where you would have been like wow this is so much bigger than what what i have grown up with Mm. if i hadn't gone to boston right if you hadn't been surrounded by that latinidad Mm. Like, would she Wait, have leaned into Sorry. her whiteness more? Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's just like, because we talk about all of these things where people have a hard time dissecting information. Mm-hmm. My question is like, for the people that don't get out of L.A. Mm-hmm. or will never leave a neighborhood in, in, you know. Hell, even in Texas In here. Dallas, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, people that don't get out of these pockets in terms of trying to understand the, like, this broad. The variety. Yeah. Right. Like, do you think that you would have been able to? I feel like a lot of people. Sorry, I'm not trying to answer for you. I just feel like you're still a little bit confused on it just because. On what the it, question itself. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, it's but, it's, it's I, mad confusing. But, but I think what happens is like due to your environment or where you grow up or where your class privilege is <clears throat> or where any of these things are, it really depends. That's kind of where your identity falls. Right. So like Ted Cruz, for instance, that motherfucker white. Yeah, I freaked out when I when I met a black person that spoke Spanish. I lost my mind. I was a kid. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This black person not... is speaking Spanish. Right. And like for me, even now, like now I'm able to say black person because right. I understand that. Right. And like back then I was like, oh, you can't say black. I can't say black. Right. Because they also right. see that as a curse word. Yeah. So it's just like. Right. So to me, it's well, like, what is what was it in me that like was able to get to a point of understanding? Like for you, you were able to get there because of your environment in Boston. But. Mm-hmm. Like for people that don't have that. Right. You're saying like, how can they get there? Right. Or or how do you do you think you would have gotten there? And if not, or if you would have, what do you think about people that will never get to go to their version of Boston? Sure. And I think some people, a lot of people are like, oh, you have to leave your comfort zone. Right. Which partially I partially I do think is true. Like, absolutely. You need to be around different kinds of people. But the other thing we can look at, too, is like representation. Like, why have you never seen a black person speaking Spanish? Mm -hmm. Why do we not see that? Univision, Telemundo. Why do we only Mm -hmm. see white dudes on Telemundo? Mm -hmm. White blonde dudes with blue Blue eyes eyes, until the servant comes in and is dark skinned. Mm -hmm. The fact that most of these telenovelas are shot in Mexico. Right. So like part of it is, of course, like and there are no brown people. Right. Surrounding in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Did you look? Did you cross the street? Did you go to a store? Did you go to the, you know, ice cream shop? Yeah. On the corner. Yeah. But, La Michoacana, um, nowhere? Right. But I mean, if again, if these nuances of Latinidad are normalized in media, then we don't have to have this like crisis and then having actual people around us to explain to us that they are normal because, right, they're from the Caribbean, but they also speak Spanish, right? Like we can grow up understanding that as normal if that is part of our media, if that is part of our childhood, of our understanding, right? Um, so I think it, it should be that. And then also like, yeah, like leave 
your hometown like you know like travel yeah ask people questions or at know? least gain this knowledge right because to me like i went to school and learned a lot of this shit and then through my experiences i was able to back it and then i wanted to go back to my hometown right because i wanted to fucking experience it in that regard mm-hmm. as opposed to like shame it right but you also still have to gain that exposure to outside of whatever your world is in some way sure. um with that said I, I definitely i'm not we're i'm never trying to like center whiteness no, by any means um but i i do appreciate you sharing your story and we'd love to have you back to talk more about <laughs> it unfortunately we don't have a lot of time i want to touch a little bit on melania and what you've been up to since you were last on our show and then i want to talk about Oof. how y'all met and your show um, what have i been up to because i, mean, I adore you and Lord. i'm glad i can call you a friend and i got my mela book directly <laughs> from her for my birthday yeah. um melania luisa marte oh yeah yeah, yeah. sorry i got it get out <laughs> but i just i i i'm I hope you know we're always here to love and support on you yes, whenever we can. I because appreciate it. I love you guys. You, there is a there obviously is a magic to you, but there's like a power and a confidence and all these other things um, that are very <clears throat> evident. But you also are just very sweet and soft at the same time. I try time. to be. I try to humble myself. Yeah. And I, I try to you know because I do a lot. But I my sis lot, has been going viral humble. multiple times. Thank you. And I, I just I, I love to see it. I really do. Yeah. I mean you know it's funny because a lot of people give me that like oh my god but you're sweet but like I thought you were a bitch the first time I met you. See? And it's not I'm not the bitch. The way I walk into a room like I'm that bitch is the energy that you're But getting, also that's you know? people's and, perception and exactly. insecurity. But like, I, I don't mind way. it. You know, she's been writing yeah. a poem this whole what? time. Girl. <laughs> snap, snap. Because no, well, when let me you tell come you. in loud and proud, they already mad at you for no reason. You don't have to but say here's nothing. the thing yeah. is that, <clears throat> and this is something because, okay, let me tell you. I don't know if I, can I talk about legal things here? What do you mean? What kind? I mean, yes, okay, so always. I had some edibles the other day. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's your truth, honey. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened. I had these edibles, yeah. and I was what like... What kind? Gummies? Chocolate? Cookies. Uh, cookies. Cookies, okay. And I ate too many. Oh, was beef. it indica, sativa, functional? Don't do that. Okay, Don't do that. it was the good kind of thing. Um, well, you know, THC, uh, um, according to my calculations... I went on a journey. Uh-huh. I went on quite the journey. Okay. But I will say, uh, th- it will answer, I'll connect it real quick. Uh, whatever um, you say, it, <clears> This is. I had a revelation. Okay. Because I went literally, I I I I, ha- I went on a journey, you know, through on my ancestry. Trip? I went on a journey okay. with these cookies. Okay. Shout out and cookies. It had never occurred to me the idea that when you enter a room, the energy you carry enters the room, right? Uh-huh. And so one of the things I had to come to terms with is that when I enter a room, my ancestors enter the room. Hmm. So a lot of the intimidation people feel when I enter a room is that I am protected. And I know I am protected. And I walk in the room as if I am protected. I walk in the room as if I have something to do. I have a mission. Mm-hmm. I have a purpose. I have a passion. And so I'm crying. I, <laughs> for real, I'm I'm like, for real, like, you know, you know, and so Same. when a lot of people are intimidated by me, I'm like, you're not intimidated by me. You're intimidated by the energy I carry. And that is not that is that that is good. That is good. You should be afraid. Mm. You should be intimidated because I carry a lot of powerful energy. Mm. I am protected. And so I was like, you know, like while Hold I was my like, hand. Hold <laughs> my hand. while I was like going through this journey, I had a moment where I was like, oh, shit. You know, what if when people when I walk into a room, the first thing people see is my protection, mm. my the energy I carry. And I was like, y'all should be scared because my ancestors are giants. I'm a stallion. I don't know what to Come tell on, you. Man. I'm not going to make myself smaller. I'm taking up space. I'm demanding equity. I'm demanding mm. opportunity. I'm 
demanding representation. And if that scares you, then run away. That is correct. <laughs> You've aced the test. You know, um, you are unfuckwittable. Yeah. I try Melania to the Stallion. We stand. <laughs> thank you. Mel. She, tell me why. Side note, this this uh, lovely lady, I almost said this bitch, but I can't in that moment because you just spoke to my ancestors, so I can't legally say it. That shit was going to bounce off it that ancestor protection yeah. real quick. Like, <laughs> nope. Hold on. But you know, bitch for me is endearment. Um, it is. It is. She was so, she is too humble. She said on her Instagram story, y'all, what's a stallion? I, bitch, you, the fuck? <laughs> Have you seen your legs? And I was like, oh shit, I really, I'm finally represented. Yes, because you know, yes. like a, for a long time, it was like the Barbies. I never yes, really felt like a Barbie, uh-huh. but I was a Nikki Stan. Right. And then there was like the little Kims, you know, with the wigs and the stuff. Yes. And then Cardi, it was like the crew. And all, yes. you know, that whole, and I was like with it. There's but I was levels. like, when Meg came on the scene, I was like, oh bitch, the yeah. tall bitch is the here for us. Finally. Because I've yes. always been tall and it's always been like i've i and that's another reason i've had to take up space i've had to be like listen i have to walk in my purpose i have to walk in my truth and my truth is i'm not a little bitch i'm not small (laughs) i take up space you know i you know i like i wrote this this little poem the other day i was like i've never you know when when people are like i've never known a sample size same retweet i come from women with hips that spread Mm. women who take up space women who demand Mm. their truth their what they deserve you know and that has been our survival and so who am i to like make myself smaller to like validate a tiny little man Mm. or like a tiny little patriarchy or tiny little white supremacy you know so yeah Meg, if you're you. out there, we stand you, okay? Meg, if you're do. out here, if you don't get on my phone. <laughs> Side note, we had a plan to do like a whole writing day, right as Melania was taking these goodies. And I just don't hear from Melania for a straight 24 Where hours. And I'm like, this? are you good? Can like, I read you the notes yes. I wrote down from when I was stoned? Of Can co- I read this? Oh my God, please. Do you have personal? to ask? Please. Okay, all right. I need to read this This episode's eight hours long. Never no, seen. yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm going to need these for like, just confidence building as a separate recording. Okay. Look look at what I wrote. I could feel things on a molecular level. Oh, molecular. Why does it hurt so much to evolve? Oh, sis. Question mark. Go in. You must surrender. To who? You gotta sur- I feel like I'm high now. I'm like, the fuck? And then I was literally going through a metamorphosis, <clears throat> and I wrote down snake, vegetable, <laughs> cocoon, cocoon, primal ape, ancestor and then i wrote i exist in the future Ooh, my grandmamas my mama i will always exist in their future they dreamt me up i exist in their world forever and then i wrote imagine that not mistake or coincidence someone had to dream you up Ooh, wow. we, i can't take this shit I, no stand, I stand sober melania tipsy melania hi melania I, sad melania I, and then, the, like, the next few days, I was like, am I here? Like, where am I? Am I here? You're still high. I didn't feel like I was here. I was still high. Oh, baby. <laughs> this is beautiful. Um, so just a quick rundown. I, I mean, we talked about it at that discussion we had a few weeks ago. I just, there's so much to be said. Do you have any, like, you said the Instagram TV thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know even working with that was an experience as well. Um, okay. Can we talk about that? Because a lot of bullshit went down with that. Tell us. So Tell I just want to get this quickly. off my chest because I've be actually rude. never addressed this. Um, so the project, 
the project initially was supposed to be uh, the four, like the four of us were being uh, highlighted in the same way, right? However, when the real was like when the rollout of the whole campaign for National Poetry Month happened, um, we were very disappointed. Um, Jessica Salgado was there, Kim Guerra, um, Melissa Lozada. So they chose Melissa as the face of the campaign, and Melissa is the the most white passing, mm-hmm. white and Latina oof. out of all of us. And so breaking news. So we were mm-hmm. very kind of sad, and 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 Melissa definitely caped for us and was like, "Hey, this is <clears> bullshit. <throat> Why would you guys put me in this predicament? This is not what we all signed up for. We thought we were equally being highlighted, and we were." Very very like this was a very um teachable moment for us um and so we i learned a lot from it i learned that you know you can't just expect um um the same treatment mm-hmm. um and you need to get things in writing and you need to have have um be in control of how you are being highlighted in in media um but i used it as a moment to really level up and and, and be like okay you know what okay but here's here's the story, you know, right. and here's the lesson. And I did choose one of my most important poems, which was my Afro Latina poem, and mm-hmm. it did get a lot of coverage. And and, and it did, um, you know, uh, for me, it did something. It reminded me that literally my success is just um, fighting bigger oppressors. Mm. Um, and that's something that I remind myself of is that my the things I cover, um, I, I have a hard road through success because of the things I cover um, because I don't, I'm not palatable right? because you, you don't need, need some Pepto-Bismol when mm-hmm. you step into my shows. Okay. Because you, <laughs> you need a little, you know, Tums, you're going to need some, you know, some uh, kombucha. You might a need, bitch, <laughs> you need a little something. You need, you're going to drink some Except water. Except, <laughs> you know, you might get a little indigestion, a little mm-hmm. bit of heartburn. Okay. Ooh. Cause I'm, I, I, you know, the topics are a little spicy yes. and that's okay. It's that white supremacy acid reflux. That's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that is okay. Okay. Um, and so I did, I've learned a lot this year. I've learned a lot. Tell us about what you've learned. And then I want to talk about how y'all met. Okay. Um, so I, I learned a lot about the work that I want to do. I learned a lot about how to not let white percent, white supremacy win. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot about how not to give up. Um, Mm -hmm. and if I want to, um, really create representation and create equity for, you know, the black Latinas, then I have to, uh, you know, I'm gonna have some anxiety. I'm gonna mm-hmm. be tired. Mm-hmm. It's gonna take a lot of work. Um, because that's part of it. That's that's a part of the struggle, right? Mm-hmm. That's part of the movement. That's part of the uh, the activism of it all. Um, and so, but I'm happy. I'm grounded. I'm excited for this tour, the Dios America tour. These poems, okay, are fire, Yay. and I'm super excited to have Angelica along for the ride. So, tell yeah. us more about. I know y'all met. I'm assuming y'all met at the Women of the World Poetry. Yeah. So we yeah we met the Women of the World Poetry Slam. No, actually we met nationals MBS. before that mm-hmm. so um angelica's team and my team dallas poetry Time, we went up against each other mm-hmm. yeah it was so intense mm-hmm. and they whooped our asses damn for by real? like point one or point two it or was something. very close yeah it was so close she said whipped our asses i'm like damn how bad <laughs> well they, they brought the close. poems no they were really close. good um and so that's how we met and then afterwards we both um made final stage at women of the world poetry Time out of what 88 poets mm-hmm. we so. both made final stage yeah. and so then we like angelica had this idea of like going on tour together and i was was like bitch really and yeah. she was like yeah let's do it yeah. i mean there's never been uh uh you know there's never been a black latina and and a white latina like doing poems together and like yeah. addressing toxic latinidad right mm. and then so i was like well i mean i was at a point where i was like latinidad is sort of canceled in my book to me <laughs> like, but then i was tired. like before i cancel it right let's really <laughs> let's tour. really let's do a tour and like really try to see what we, how we can really impact and, and help educate folks on yeah 
what is going on, mm-hmm. right? What we is going uproot on? uproot the narrative. We're uprooting the narrative. I love We're it. We're uprooting the narrative. Y'all done plan yeah. this shit. The we Google Doc came out. Too. I yeah. want to add too, when we went against Melania's team, Melania was the only woman. I was the only woman on the team. In this pack of dudes. Wow. Yeah. And she was just like, yeah, I'm a stallion. <laughs> and I was like, can we be friends? And I don't think I said that, but then I just like plotted our friendship. So it's so funny because like in our photos, we're, this, we're like almost the same height. And so people like think that like Angelica's like wearing heels because people know that I'm tall. Yeah. But Angelica's just as tall. So yeah, imagine the two of us walking around Juarez <laughs> yeah. taking these photos. The people were like, <gasps> they thought we were supermodels. <laughs> they really did. Yeah. It was I'm great. I love this. Yeah. So tell us more about it. Where are you going? When will you be there if you want to say it? Okay. Sure. I know maybe you, you can spit something for pull us. Pull up this flyer. Yes. I, I probably could have done that as well. <laughs> a ver, a ver el flyer. So, okay. So October 2nd, we're at University of Texas at Arlington. Okay. Go Mavs hey. or whatever. October 4th, we're at Simmons University. <laughs> October 7th, we're at uh, Woodburn Boston's NPR station. October oh, 10th, we're at Harvard University. I'm gonna meet y'all there. Mira, yeah. Come through. I'm too poor. <laughs> and they're and they're paying us, and they usually don't pay. Wow. Yeah. Harvard, you motherfuckers! If <laughs> listen, should be paying. We, yeah. Rich as hell. Yeah. October. It was a uh, 11th, Oof. 13th, and 16th. We have Lola Festival in Boston, right? Mm-hmm. Very cool. And then October 4th, we're at Howard Community College in Maryland. In Maryland. Maryland. Columbia, Maryland. And October 15th, we're back in Boston, right? For mm-hmm. the Philanthropy Connection. For the Philanthropy Connection. Yes. Yeah. And we're still booking, so we have some more shows we're going to add on to there. Mm-hmm. We're trying to go I mean, it'd be nice international. if there was, How do we do We should do a Dallas show. We should. We should. We should. We w- How do I we will, make that happen? I will literally Hold book on. this shit on the fucking air right now. We would love literally. To. What Let's what dates are you available? I will right. make us, we'll make some fucking room. Are you guys gonna sponsor us? Yes. Okay. Um, the color is and we will help. Uh, facilitate. <laughs> Absolutely, happily. We actually. So it was funny. I was is that your whole plot it. to come on here? No, I just <laughs> <laughs> literally. I was actually. Like, it worked. Like, How do we make a show happen here in Dallas? You look at the colores. We need to make it happen. Yeah, um, like where do y'all want to be? What do you mean? What do you mean? Like location-wise? Location? Yeah. Cuz you could be here on October 19th anytime. That's, I have something that day. Oh, oh sorry. Eva has so something. So I'm just saying so that y'all <laughs> Okay. But we we're going to plan no, we're going to plan this though cuz we'll I don't want to throw something. I want right. to make sure we got It also <laughs> I I also feel like it would be nice if it falls in line with the dates of the tour. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I want it within this time frame. I mean this whole month we're going to be touring, so Okay. I mean, we October, time. we're going to be touring. So yeah. okay. anytime in October, right. okay, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll talk Good. about it later. What was the first date again? October 2nd. Okay, okay. shit. Okay. I I'm mean, a, they but, have a flyer. Okay. But we leave We leave for Boston October 3rd. So, yeah. Okay. We're going to figure I mean, this but out. We're going to make it happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, we'll we're it speaking it. It's going to happen. We would love to. Yeah. Ooh, wee mama. All right. Um, What are your biggest wishes with this tour? our biggest wishes with this tour um honestly i just think i mean latinidad is just there's so many problems with it and i think in many ways i want to just break up the entirety of latinidad and just open the floor for conversations Mm. and i want people to kind of lose their mind when we perform and i know that 
the things that we're writing are going to make people uncomfortable and i'm really excited because of that right um so yeah i would say the goals are to make people uncomfortable um make men uncomfortable make mm-hmm. white that's Latinos, easy yeah make white Latinos <laughs> uncomfortable so just walk in a room um honey. and say what we gotta say do yeah. you and i love this do you think with that breaking up of latinidad that we can rebuild it i think we have to yeah and i okay, think we're gonna i'm re- like don't make me lose all hope motherfucker <laughs> no, i think we'll rebuild something better because um we won't be protecting white supremacy okay. in the process. Beautiful. So yeah. we can break it up to rebuild it. Of right. course. Yeah. You know, it's this idea of when we think about, um, you know, cause we're constantly dealing with, right. So many different oppressions, right. Especially as, as women specifically and most importantly, black women deal with so many oppressions. And so we, we go through this process of like, okay, who else do I have to fight today? Mm. You know, like who, who, where, you know, and then when you get to a point where you're just like, okay, what does freedom look like for me? And then, and then you go back and you're thinking about, okay, what did freedom look like for the people before me? Mm-hmm. Right. The people who came before me. And then th- and th- that's why I bring back this idea of like, you were dreamt up. Mm-hmm. It's not a mistake. It's not a coincidence. Like if you really truly look at your lineage, you were dreamt up. This idea of surviving, mm-hmm. survival. We survived, right? And we should we should revel in that and that joy of like, yo, I'm here and I have something to do and I want to put on for my people, right? And I want to write these stories for my people and I want to share space with my people and I want to center on for how people. loving yeah. and caring and important our stories are, right? And so what I'm at, I'm at a point. Where like it's not about because freedom you know can mean a lot of different mm-hmm. things right a lot of people want financial freedom for you want the freedom to be able to like you know work on the passion projects you like instead of working like doing jobs that you don't like you know <laughs> um there's uh, freedom can be anything but for me freedom is truly standing in my truth mm. right not denying my ancestors claiming them loving up on them saying hey you know what you're right there's more work to do and, I, and, and and fulfilling, fulfilling those legacies of saying, you know what, you know, my mother didn't have an opportunity at having a career in the way that I have. My mother didn't have opportunity at a good education the way that I have. My grandmother has an elementary school education. My 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 grandmother was a, um, a sex worker mm. because that that's what was available in her town in Bonal right. where she grew up. She didn't have the opportunity to go to school. She didn't have the opportunity to create to, to dream of being a writer. Right. Mm-hmm. To dream of being a performer. And so I honor those legacies and I honor the legacies of being a product of slavery. Right. Mm-hmm. Of being a product product of 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 ancestors who didn't have a choice at dreaming who didn't have a choice at a at a life that they could say they chose right, right. and so that's something i i um this tour we talk about a lot is honoring your ancestors mm-hmm. is not denying your ancestry whether it's white ancestry black ancestry indigenous ancestry, and honoring that and saying hey this is my truth looking in a mirror and really facing yourself and then with that that's how we can create real change right mm-hmm. Because we have too many identity crisis girls who are like, <laughs> just say this, just say that. Really look in a fucking mirror and address yourself, right? Look at the privileges you have. Because we all have some form of privilege. Mm-hmm. You know, look at the privileges you have. Look at the privileges you don't have. But, like, truly address your privilege and truly address how you can, like, really uplift someone else in the right. process. Because it's not all—it's not always about us. Mm-hmm. The way I walk into a room, my confidence is not only about More me. More often than not, it is not about us. It's and not we about get too us. into ego. Mm-hmm. It's not. I don't just walk into a room super confident because that's that's ego. No, that's right. me saying, like, hey, I got to show up for the girls who don't have an opportunity to show up. Right. 
You know, I got to take up space for girls who don't who don't get the space, Mm -hmm. you know, and I got to figure out how to pass this torch to someone who has it worse than I have. And so what we're doing with this Adios America tour is really unpacking what it means to be American. Right. Because America just isn't the United States. America is the Americas. Mm -hmm. And we are product of the Americas. Right. We are product of North, North, South, the Caribbean. That's all the Americas. Right. And so how can we really connect it and bring it full circle and really talk about the shit that we deal with, whether it's femicidio, anti-blackness, right? White supremacy, capitalism. Right. There's so many things. Patriarchy, machismo. Yeah. There's so many things we need to talk about. So we hope that. Y'all listen. <laughs> We're ready. <laughs> Thank We're all you. Ears. Bye. Um, with that said, if you'd like to hear more about Melania from her um, past episode, that's episode 23. 23. We're so happy. Like MJ. Was I t- oh, no, I wasn't 23 at the time. That would have been cool. I was 24 at the time. Uh, <laughs> almost. Um, 24 is a good number, though. It is. It is. It's um, a really good number. So we are happy to have met Angelica, and we are going to make this show here. happen. We're going to have Adios America. Adios amor. Um, here October. Make plans. In October. In October. It's happening. I thought we were done with the Colores events almost for the year, but we're we not. had another one. <laughs> It'll be an Oakland okay. Cultural Center event. No, this and is. Decol- oh. Oh, okay. No. Bye. It's a Decolores event. <laughs> no, it's mine. No, it's also Oakland Cultural Centers because I owe them quite a bit myself. Um, but thank you both so much for being here. Thank I wish you. we had thank so much more time us. for you all. Thank you. We're always happy to have you back and we wish you nothing but the best on this tour. And we're excited to see this happening. If you need to add a brown Latina to the tour, let me know (laughs) if you need a a white Latino man that also (laughs) raps. um, He can hold it down as well. Can you do like a beatbox? Oh, girl, have you never seen him flow? Oh, can you play the guitar? This is a serious question. No. Can you play the guitar? No. No, but I I could hold some notes on the bass and the acoustic and and yeah. Because I found a guitar and I'm trying to learn how to play we the guitar. A poem. Yeah, they could really use a guitarist, but we oh. could be in touch. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be You're in touch. Just learn some basic chords or what? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, that's easy. Okay. Teach me. Okay. okay. We're gonna have to set Don't up a session nada. with you. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the Radio. You. Thank, thank you for having, you having us. We love you both. You know, I love you, you all. Thank you so much. The best. Yay. I've literally never, I haven't done an, oh yeah, I did another podcast interview. It probably wasn't But I wow. usually don't because I'm I so only shady. wait to do them with you. Aww. Yeah. Where did, oh, I was like, where did her mic go? Yeah, this is great podcast energy. Oh my God. It really I is. I love it here. They give us Are free you, wine. You yeah. We're <laughs> alcoholic. No, I'm just kidding. I can eat my mango. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So free. We so accept and celebrate. So I'm going to move into the next segment, which yes. is self-care corner. I'm going to make it fast because we're going really long and Rafa has rehearsal. Um... Which is, it was very beautifully tied to what Melania was saying. So I love, I love intuition. I love divine timing. I love all these things. I'm starting to learn more about, um, within myself and in the universe. Are you okay, bud? Sorry, I was just looking at the universe. Oh, okay. I thought there was a fly. <laughs> I feel like Mexican man love killing moscas, and that's what was about to go down. We do. Um, there's some theories I have on Mexicans. Or put a bag of water with some pennies in it. Over yeah. <laughs> that should work. Sure. Um, Does it do? No, they just be hanging. No, pues así. <laughs> Anyways, this is self care corner, and I think the thing that I'm working on is like <clears throat> accepting and reveling in your greatness, because that is hard Ooh, to do. Yeah. 
And within the last week, with all these events we've been throwing, and I've been running from place to place, and y'all know my anxiety and depression are like a fucking gamble almost every day. And to finally, like, see all these events come together and be so successful, it it made me go to sleep confident. Like, I was like, you know what, bitch? You on to something. These little ideas in your head... They hold power. They mean yes. something. You you're you're you have this thing that maybe a lot of Latino men have a problem with, all the shade actually, cuz mm-hmm. they're the main ones who give me a hard time. But Don't stare so hard like, at you. Yeah. <laughs> Relax. Stop. You know it's not you. You're like know, my favorite I'm Latino kidding. man. But that's because I think you have that too. You have that same kind of gift where we can see it in each other and that's why we connected. Because so much of what we are told to do is you can be great, but not too great. Oh, yeah. Like tone it down. A little right. Bit. Yeah, and yeah, no. so yeah. I think it's OK to accept that and also accept and work on your flaws at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. Both and and recognizing our worth and our value, because the way white supremacy is set up, even you at your most confident is probably still not the level of like a white man's confidence walking into Ever. a meeting. I mean, it's Ever. that whole Michelle Obama thing. She's like, I've been in all the rooms. They're not that smart. Damn. They are not that smart. Yeah. It is okay for us to, to like really yeah. show up for ourselves and like demand. For sure. To be in these and I right. still say balance is key, right? Because you still have to have self-awareness, which a <clears throat> lot of people don't have. Mm, but I yeah. think that's where healing is very, very vital and taking care of yourself in that way and accepting who you are and celebrating that and working on your flaws and growing and evolving um, are very, very necessary. So I'm leaning into that this week for my self-care. Does anybody else have any self-care they want to share? Any tips? Yes. Go to the Melania and Alejandra show. <laughs> Angelica show Angelica. here. I was like, who's Alejandra? Wine. It's the wine. Our apologies. Our apologies. His apologies, not mine. I still got to edit that. <laughs> you are not editing I'm gonna that. Bring you We're back. gonna expose you. We're exposing you. <laughs> In October. Alejandro. Yes. I'm sad for him, Angelica. We know better. Yes. And to be fair, I just met so you today. So I, I believed in it so much. I believed in it so hard. I said, huh? Um, but that's a self huh? <laughs> Is it? Is her mic off? No. If I don't hear it anymore. I don't know if we we're messing with it. I just don't. God. I would hate for you to be talking and it not be there. And Can you say something sad. real quick? Hello? Okay, yeah, now I hear it, you. It came out. It was gone okay. again. You did that on purpose. You don't want to get It's exposed. weird. It, like, it's weird. It cut out when you mentioned my toxic masculinity. Perfect timing. Chingo. That's hilarious. No, that's, my, that's my self-care corner. Definitely. No, I mean, we've been working out. He was trying to hype our y'all. Self-care. I know. Backfire. We're so close. We've been working so out. Yeah. And we've been eating super healthy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Aside from the, like, <laughs> conchas yeah, every like, other day. Yeah, I'm like, what'd y'all walk in? No, just kidding. Well, this is elote, but it was the small cup. Yeah. Yes. And it's only because ounce. we worked out so hard this morning. We did work out really hard. I'm yeah. so dead. This is so funny. <laughs> like, we worked out so good. hard for this elote. <laughs> <laughs> like, but this <laughs> is okay, like, Mija, whatever you say. <laughs> well, no, because, we, well, really, we've been working out. It's more for our stamina for these poems because we have a 45-minute set. Yeah. Shit. And we're doing group yeah. pieces. We're doing individual poems. We're going to be singing. tired. She's playing maracas at some point. Yeah, I'm playing maracas and a little like, bit of salsa dancing. There's dancing like, involved. We're doing a lot. It's a lot. And yeah, we have a poem where we eat men for breakfast. 
You say, were, say so yeah. We have a poem where we eat men for breakfast. Yeah. And that requires a lot of stamina yes. to eat men for breakfast. Yes. La, 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 la. I am ready. <laughs> um, all right. So that is our self-care corner for the week. Don't eat men for breakfast. I mean, you can, Don't? but not in the way you think. And oh. Um, no. With that said, <laughs> we are moving to our upcoming The Colores events and personal updates. Rafa, your show starts what date? We talked about it last time. We did. Generations of Adam, presented by Art Stillery at 723 Fort Worth Avenue, opens October 4th. Wow, Daisy knows better Daisy. than you. That's why wow. Daisy Rincon fucks with us. There we go. Daisy, because can I you don't... please teach me your eyeliner? fashion um well i'm excited to see that i feel like i have some things coming up but i don't have any dates on them and i don't know if i can announce them yet so i'm not gonna do that but it'll be fun <laughs> um we had we hosted the methodist united health fair at not keys park kid springs right <laughs> wow big difference there too Ooh, the gentrification jumped out. Um, is that what that is? Wait, how, how come I get fucking pounced on for not knowing the name and you... That's a human being person right in front of you. Right. And I'm talking about a park. But you Are you mansplaining that- right now? Pobrecito, <laughs> <laughs> Rafa would die if we had y'all every week. He'd be like, okay, Eva, like, oh shut my God. up. Like, <laughs> my <laughs> fucking posture, yeah. like, over time. Jesus. Um, it's like if I called you Rick. <laughs> I've been called Rick before. I'll take Rick. Have you? I'll take Rick. Like, right, yeah, I'll take it. yeah I'm like, mm-hmm. he'll take it. He's too nice. He's like, what's that? Rick? Yeah, that's my name. What? Hi, yes. Rick, Rick here. You, that's me. <laughs> Anyways, we freaking hosted that event. It was very sweet and heartwarming. And I actually am excited. Um, shout out to Laura and the uh, Uni- United Methodist United. <laughs> Health fair. Jesus Christ. I interviewed a doctor. It's Methodist health. What am I saying United for? (laughs) Because of the church. I'm so sorry. Well, shout out to y'all. Shout out to the doctor I met there. Oh, yeah. He was cool. We talked about hangovers. Yeah, he was like, drink another beer. Yeah, and I was like, like, what's wrong with you? But okay. Um, So we're actually hoping to have him on the show. I don't trust many doctors. I told him that. I told him I had a bad experience with him. And then I made friends with him. So I'm hoping to have him on the show soon. That event was dope. Um, we had fun there. Most importantly, we had our Women of Color comedy show, Coming of Age, last oh, Wednesday. That was, so good. That was fucking Ooh. ill. I wish you would have been here. I'm, I really, that's why my confidence oh, was great. It. Because <clears throat> it was this little idea I'd been having. And it worked out magically. And everybody loved it. And still has been talking to me about it. When's the next one? We're exactly. going we're gonna to talk about it whenever this show is over. <laughs> no, but I really, a uh, shout out to Shanice Condren, Megan Mingo, and Maria Yolisma, who were very beautiful and fun to work with. We had a lot of good times and also opened up and got out of their comfort zones to try something new out. And it was fucking hilarious and great. And I really, really was so proud of them and, and, happy to see dallas texas come out and sell out and to the point where people got turned away sorry 88 kilo i feel bad still you, that you 
told 88 he couldn't come in? No, I didn't tell him, but the people working the door, shout out our sweet, loving friends that volunteered their time, wow. were like, we're at capacity. And I had told them, like, just let them be in the lobby then and they can, like, hear it or whatever. Yeah. I guess that message didn't relay properly. Wow. And I was running amok, so I didn't oh, know what yeah, was happening. Yeah. Pat was also running amok. And so, like, we didn't even realize that people were being turned away. Um, so our apologies for that. That's we weird. Do... I guess people really want to see a women of color comedy show. Imagine that, motherfuckers. Listen. listen. On a Wednesday night. On a Wednesday night. Y'all didn't even go to that church circle y'all supposed to do. Heathens. Ooh. I like y'all. Yeah, when's the next one? Um, but we will be doing something again soon. I definitely, I know I'm a little bit worn out. I think, Rafa, I can't speak for you, but I definitely need a break. I'm looking I'm forward to it. <laughs> so as soon as we, as soon as we get back on our feet, give me a minute, like Solange said, I'll be back. We're going to make something happen again. Okay? So thank you for the love. I'm excited to see that grow. Our other event that's coming up outside of um, Adios America, when that happens, is Gray Space Identity, which we've mentioned a couple times. Submissions will officially be closed by the time you hear this episode. Um, with that said, the actual show itself is on October 11th at 6 p.m. here at the Oak Cliff Cultural Center until 9 p.m. So we are very excited for the Gray Space Identity Show. I think this is our fifth art show. Fourth? Each one has gotten Six, bigger three, and better. Stop it. Seven. And uh, Melania and Angelica, if you'd like to return and say some poems, we'd love to see you. Maybe we can do a little no bit in the middle of that. I don't they know. Have, they actually have a show because I saw the flyer and I listened to when they announced their tour dates. Pop, it's on October so they have 11th. a show on October 11th. <laughs> Fly back! But no, we would love to have something for you on I, October 12th. Okay, listen, or... I still love to display poems and have them. We could have it projecting on the wall. True. There's options. You ain't down. I'm down. You ain't down. <laughs> So anyways, we're very excited. Please come to this art show. They're always so magical and just warm. It's always just such a good feeling walking into this room and seeing all this beautiful art from all sorts of different people. Um, so come to our pop-up art show. That means that it is only one night only, one night only. So literally, I'm sorry to break it to you, but that is the only night until someone invests in me and the colores on a deep level where I can hold a gallery for a month which it will happen because we're speaking it into existence. And I see lots of empty buildings here in Dallas, Texas. Um, so until that happens, this is a pop-up art show and we will likely see you there. Um, one more event I want to shout out real quick happening today, Friday 27th um, for the um, American Indian Heritage Day in Texas. They are having their seventh annual celebration saturday the 28th and then friday the 27th um with the missing and murdered indigenous women um organization coalition so yes, this please is explain it better than so me, this I'm is actually here. <clears throat> so it's actually ripple effects presented by the elk oh, cultural center it. so it's um these ongoing conversations about things that are underrepresented in the arts and cultural landscape um, and we decided to start off with this, obviously to honor the indigenous, but at the same time to like really bring light to the idea that there are so many things that we don't talk about and don't know and are completely, completely ignorant to. So we kicked ripple effects off with the arts and Indian crafts 
conversation. And by law, it is illegal to misrepresent native and or indigenous arts and crafts through marketing, through anything in the entire United States of America. It's illegal to do that. Wow. Um, and that's not something that's widely known. So no. we brought in American Indian Heritage Day in Texas, who is a great organization. The Oak Cliff Cultural Center has worked with them on a variety of events, um, really highlighting the work that they do. But uh, we brought them in to kind of kick off that conversation. We had the first one um, in August, yeah, and we're doing the second edition um, Friday, uh, September 27th, and we actually had to move it to the Latino Cultural Center. The Oak Cliff Cultural Center is going through some renovations, so we actually, unfortunately, had to move that event over to the Latino Cultural Center. A big shout-out to them. Thank you for helping us out. Um, it's free and open to the public. They're going to have some fry bread, and they're bringing in Mary Lyons. Um, spoke at the UN. Uh, nice. A, a very uh, important conversation that we're going to have and a significant um, person here, an elder um to discuss uh, the murdered and missing indigenous women, which is another conversation mm-hmm. that, you know, and we could Jody have for... Yellow Voice spoke yeah. with us a little bit about it when she was on the show. Yellowfish. Yellowfish. Voice Yellowfish. Yes. I messed it up. Wow. I am so sorry, everyone. No disrespect anywhere. Um, and then the 28th, that Saturday in, at Lone Star Park in Grand Prairie, y'all. Amy Carter, y'all. I cannot stand you. Um, they're having the 7th Annual Celebration for American Indian Heritage Day in Texas. So I want to go because I want to learn more and check it out. So do the same. With that said, we can move to our almost final segment. I can't stand you. Our brown... Or black or POC business of the week is we don't have one. Does anybody have any offers? We didn't. I leave that empty when I need help, and none of y'all ever add anything. You, I literally what just about the saw place it. Where I got the mangonada. We've done We've them done before. It. We stand them, so yeah. they get it a lot. But Velvet Taco does not count just because they wrote us wanting to bring us up. Fucking. I want some chicken. They literally emailed us and they were like, "You want some roasted chicken?" We're like, "Maybe." Um. So, so there is incredibly high rates of femicide in Juarez, mm. um, specifically from the factories that are placed um, from the U.S., um, other countries, Japan, in Mexico. Women, specifically indigenous women, um, come from out of town to work at these factories and don't leave until very late at night, um, mm-hmm. and are usually the prime suspects of these killings. Wow. So Nian Moore is not just a fashion brand, but they employ the women um, that are working in these factories so that they have jobs and they learn a skill, um, and they create really incredible clothing too. Wow. So yeah. If they got plus size, I'm in the hole. <laughs> Shout out to Nian Moore. I'm so happy to learn about that. I didn't know. I knew about the femicide, but I didn't know about this organization. So it's yeah. always great to learn. Yeah, they're incredible. Um, more. So that sounds super dope. Yeah. Oh, there's also an incredible vegan spot that me and Melani are obsessed with called Casamor. And it's a And that was in Juarez también? Yeah. yeah. Vegan restaurant in Juarez. So good. Um yeah. V- all natural ingredients. Best chai latte. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, very very good. Shout out to Juarez getting all the love. Really quick. All right. So those are our brown businesses of the week. And now we can jump into our actual final segment. Who the fuck you got with the coco? It used to just be who you got with the coco, but one day someone got really passionate and angry and it became who the fuck you got. 
I don't remember, so. It was you. Yeah. Well, Pat, get on the mic, please. I actually don't have anything. <gasps> oh, my God. No. What Stop. has happened? Are you okay? Pat. Please talk to me. What's going on? <laughs> I'm oh worried. God. That's like if I don't have a chicken nugget. I, I just, yeah. I Where haven't. Fuck you got those. Like the people I've been listening to are people I've been like that are releasing new work that I've already recommended. Um, Triones has a new song that I really like. I think I've shouted him out before. Yeah. Triones? Triones, which oh, I actually Libra. think you would oh, like, like this song because it's um, like almost, it almost sounds like K-pop, but it's not. More like bedroom, like no, ceiling cool. fan gaze. But um, I also wanted to shout out Rubio because I've been listening to her a lot. Would you call me? And I wow. don't think I've recommended her music before. But the song that I wanted you to hear from Three Honest is, um, where is it? Ninja Way. But, yeah. I don't have anything. I'm the reading Bingo Love, which is a queer comic book about these two older women that met in, when they were younger and then they're reunited and they're back together and they're now. falling like, in love. Yeah. So that's what I'm reading. I probably need to read more love stories. Get a so little hope. So it seems really sweet. I know um, Cabrona from CYC. Or, yeah, Cabrona and I talked about it from CYC. So yeah. Cool. I'm into it. Right, Sorry, Rafael. I just shared it to me from your Spotify. Who the F you got? Didn't mean to intrude. Uh I've been listening to the same shit. Gangstar uh-huh. has a new song oh, with nice. J. Cole. That's an interesting mashup. Guru passed away a long time ago, but DJ Premier released a song with Guru and J. Cole. And J. Cole had just announced that he's not gonna do any more features. Wow. Um the song is like classic old school hip hop type of vibe, so if you fuck with that, listen. Wow. Very your brand. Is it? Yes. How dare you call me old? Exile. Um, wow. Um, I have been listening to... I listen to a lot of Nicole Byers' podcasts, uh, Why Won't You Date Me? I can't wait till we are on a show together <clears throat> because we're a lot more similar than I anticipated. I always joked and said that she is how I would be if my depression hadn't hit, but um, she also has it. It just looks differently than mine, but I really love her. So her podcast is a lot of fun. I also started watching season three of the show Hip Hop Evolution, which I've been trying to make Rafa watch. I love it. I can't stand you. I've said it eight times this episode. Wow. Um, The show is so well done. I really appreciate it. There's obviously not enough discussions surrounding toxic masculinity and the lack of women, a.k.a. the norms of what we know with misogyny and hip hop. But if you like hip hop, it's so fun to watch and to visualize and see all these things put together in one place. So I'm really enjoying it that show and i'm still reading bell hooks all about love because i don't make enough time to read but i'm really enjoying it and so i want everybody and their mom to read the book because it's fantastic oh pat just pulled out a book oh. how cute look at their little skirts is that the book you're reading with morgana i am yes yeah. and you're trolling me to her and wow. then she comes and tells me she's like yeah he said oh is she really reading it and i was like he is such a little motherfucker he won't say it to my face though i'm saying it now no you're not it's because you're drinking anyways true. that's true that wraps she it up for it. us here at the colores radio don't forget to share the podcast and follow us on social media subscribe and leave us a darn review like go to apple Podcasts and rate us st- five stars and write up a review for us we'd love to keep growing so please share it with everyone you know 
tweet us or just hit us up. We love hearing from you all. We could not go on without your support. Come out to our events. Are you, is your computer okay? Yeah, it's fine. Support our POC businesses. Check out our website, decoloresradio.com. Uplift our guests. Go to Adios America. Adios Amor. Sorry, it's just so close. <laughs> I know. I know. I just, it makes me think of the song. Yes. Yes. That is the most Mexican thing I will see Melania do probably. Anyways, it's really fine. Tell everyone you love to follow us at De Colores Co. If you enjoy our personal thoughts, you can follow me at Eva Arreguin, Rafa at Exile, even though he don't post, and Pat wow. at Pat.Arreguin. Our theme song is Cumbia Anthem by El Dusty. Our audio editor is Mr. Rafael Alejandra Tamayo. Wow. Our intern, our intern is Daisy Rincon. We promise to keep growing and providing you with entertaining content and more importantly, a platform for your voices and work to be lifted. Contact us on social media or email us at decoloriscollective at gmail.com. Thank you so much for your love and support always. Let's keep growing and evolving as a community. Join us again next time for The Colores Radio. Bitches, bye. Love you, bye. Yo. The, the, the Colores Radio. The, the, the Colores Radio.